Welcome back to Word of God. We are three English majors who have set out to analyze Supernatural now that it's done to figure out what was it supposed to be, what did it become, and how. I'm Ash, the old-time fan. My pronouns are vvim or it, its, and you can follow me on Tumblr at the Voice of Nightvale with dashes. I'm Emma, the latecomer. I use any pronouns, and you can follow me on Tumblr at Lazarus Emma. I'm Wyatt, the newcomer. I use he/him pronouns. You can follow me on co-host at Topple Thrones. And you can follow the show on Twitter, Tumblr, and on TikTok at Word of Godcast. I've been like actually posting on co-host. If you want to go read my thoughts on Wild Sea, is that the one with the trees? That is the one with the trees, yes. What gave it away? Uh, the fact that I know that it reminds me of a post I saw by Iguana Mouth uh, six years ago. That was literally the exact same yes. uh, concept. That is that is what inspired the game, yes. Oh, good. Good to know. I, it was not because I remembered the name of the game we played for two sessions for the, the <laughs> fucking finale of our... Yeah, the game that we played... <laughs> Uh, anyway, oh, wait, is that the one that's like the the giant deer? Yeah. What if what if instead okay, of yeah. ocean there was forest? Neat. Except in that Tumblr post, the rest of the world still exists. In this, it's what if an uh, what if a forest ate the world and all that was left were like the tops of mountains and stuff. Neat. Anyway, if you're interested in that, go follow me on co-host. Or you don't even have to make an account. You can just you can just search Top of Thrones co-host and look at my posts. Um, okay, today we are talking about uh, episodes, season six, episodes 19 and 20, um, Mommy Dearest and the Man Who Would Be King. Content That's warnings for these fucking... episodes will include... Discussion of anti-Semitic conspiracy theories, imperialism, colonialism, uh, disease and epidemics, death of children and children in danger, beheading, partial beheading, heads getting cut in half but not at the neck, you know. Uh, torture, gore, body horror, and show typical weirdness about sex workers and gay people. Do, 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 do. If you'd like us to warn for something we don't already flag, you can reach us through our Ask Fox on Tumblr or send an email to wordofgodcast at gmail.com. You can also do that for any other other righteous adulations, um, which also we have... Uh, we have an ask in the inbox. We have an ask in the inbox. How do we want to do this? Do we want to talk about this at the end or do it now, like front loads? I don't also know if y'all have things to talk about. I came prepared. Oh, I didn't make a list. I knew you were making a list. Yeah, I'm too dumb. I'm terrible at thinking of that. Let's read the question so people know what we're talking about. Question says... Uh, from Anonymous. Hello to my podcast besties at Word of God. Hi. To start, I realize I've been listening to you guys weekly for over a year now. Very cool. So thank you for being one of the best few hours of my life each week. Heart emoji. Mm. I've never seen, sorry, heart emoticon. Let's be accurate here. Yes, I've never seen true. a full Colon season three. of Supernatural. <laughs> so Colon what? three. Colon three. Sorry. Greater than three. Less than three. I've never been able to understand <laughs> greater than or less than. I mess them up literally every time. My brain slides off what they mean. The three. Yeah, okay, yes, but I don't. I still have a. Okay, it's fine. Imagine there's an X next to the other side of the crocodile. The word I week still is have less a hard time three. with it. 
Anyway, it's fine. Anyway, I've never seen a full season of Supernatural, says Anonymous, so I can confirm that your commentaries are the correct way to consume the show. Anyways, the points of my message. I always love when you guys give offhand recs for other books slash media that either relate to the themes of the show or you're just enjoying, and I feel like that would be a lot of fun to explore further, either as a segment or a a very special episode of the pod. The Word of God Media Gift Guide, perhaps. Give us official recs. Okay, bye. Happy almost December. And then to the emoji that is two hands making a heart. Yes. Um, it is December now. Happy December. Mm-hmm. It's fucking cold. Okay. <laughs> and if... I need you to know you tapped like directly into Wyatt's brainstem. If you are not interested in the the in okay, so I limited myself to two per medium, which I did for every medium except for Western television because all the Western TV shows I like are normie as hell, and I was trying to spotlight more lesser known things. It's like yeah, everyone knows that Breaking Bad is good. <laughs> um, if you don't want to hear me ramble about the things I like, skip ahead like five minutes. <laughs> All right, lightning round. Movies. Annihilation. Moody environmental horror mixed with the sublime. Incredible visuals. Superb vibes. A team of all-women scientists go into a bizarre zone somewhere in America where life is rapidly changing and mutating and find it start to happen to them too. I love the book even more, but the movie's still real. Still, bleh, still rules. Space Sweepers. What if Firefly was good? 10 out of 10, the most fun (laughs) sci-fi action popcorn flick I've seen in years. Has a trans robot, found family. It's the best. Go watch Space Sweepers. It deserves a critical reevaluation. That movie rules. Um... Also, I'm cheating and doing three for this one because I'm also doing an anime movie. Sword of the Stranger. A bunch of mini-bosses want to capture this kid for his supposedly magic blood, so he enlists the help of a ronin who vowed to never draw his blade again. Extremely straightforward, true grit-style, cool guy helps a kid, but has one of the greatest sword fights to ever be animated. The climax is astounding. It was animated by the Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood team at the height of their power. Uh, It's gorgeous. Also, soundtrack incredible. Uh, anime. Legend of the Galactic Heroes. This is for the real ones. 100 plus episode hard sci-fi space opera about a failing democracy and a rising space empire going to war. Incredibly tight writing and a deeply ironic title. The author of this knows his history. Also, it has leftist icon Yang Wenli. Uh, Descending Stories. Period drama about Rakugo performers in the early 20th century told through the frame narrative of one of them as an old man training a new apprentice who's an ex-con. Some of the best vocal performances I've seen in an anime, and the Rakugo shows are electric. Western comics. Die. A bunch of kids get portaled into the tabletop role-playing game they played when they were kids, and what ensues is a grim but ultimately heartfelt exploration of what our childhood fantasies mean to us. Paper Girls. Don't watch the Amazon show, read the comic. Four tween paper girls in the 80s go on an adventure through time with all sorts of fun twists and turns. Uh, it's less grim than most of the stuff Brian K. Vaughn writes, and the friendship between all the girls is extremely sweet. Manga. Blam. Spelled bleem. Uh, post-human existential horror adventure story about a cyborg with the world's most powerful gun exploring a megastructure as big as the solar system for a gene that will let him access the system's network. 20th Century Boys. Conspiracy thriller with a bunch of twists and turns about Japanese baby boomers whose childhood games spawn a cult that wants to take over the world. Uh, Web comics. On a sunbeam, a young woman signs up with a space crew in order to look for the girl she had a crush on when she was at space boarding school, which the story frequently flashes back to. Gorgeous, dreamlike, heartfelt. It's truly one of the most beautiful comics I've ever read. Go read it right now. Uh, Kill Six Billion Demons. 
Dragon Ball Z for queers. A college girl gets given a magical key and sucked into a gonzo fantasy world at the center of the multiverse, where seven demiurges bearing different words of the name of God all want to take it from her, and she's so she's got to get swole. Video games. Heaven Will Be Mine, a visual novel about three messy space lesbian mecha pilots, each representing a faction abandoned in space by the Earth government, which wants to kill them or at least bring them home. Each of the three endings is a different exploration of living and loving as an otherized minority. Go play it right now, it's extremely good if you like dense prose in a visual novel. Uh, Hyper Light Drifter. Uh, this is, I, I was having a hard time thinking of like pure video games that were like super niche that I really loved, but... So most people probably know about this one, but it is truly the epitome of vibes. What if The Legend of Zelda was hard as nails and took place in a surreal science fantasy post-apocalyptic future inspired by the work of Mobius? Books. The Trader Beru Cormorant. Magicless fantasy world in its age of sail, a young woman's island is colonized, and uh, she is raised to be an imperial bureaucrat accountant, while also secretly vowing to destroy the empire from the inside. The Dispossessed. Half novel, half philosophical text, a man from an anarchist colony on a capitalist planet's moon goes down to the planet to try to spread his mathematical findings and also his ideology. One of the best depictions of what an anarchist society might look like in fiction. Also, this is not an actual recommendation. This is for the crazy people. Uh, Malazan Book of the Fallen, a sprawling 10-book-long, 10,000-page fantasy series with hundreds of characters taking place across about a decade, charting the conquests of the Malazan Empire and their ramifications, largely through the eyes of the soldiers and its military. Uh, but there's so much more going on than that. This book radicalized me. Uh, or book series. Is that Sanderson book series? No, it is... Sorry, Brandon Sanderson. Uh, uh, Steven Erickson blows you out of the water. High praise. <laughs> Um, TTRPGs. Songs for the Dusk. I'd say Blades in the Dark, but Songs is my true love. You play a team of adventurer heroes based around a community on Earth, uh, destroyed and remade by a magical apocalypse, dealing with strange spirits, a war-hungry empire, local politics, and salvaging old technology from ruins. Voidheart Symphony. What if Persona 5 was actually revolutionary? By day, get by in your daily grind and keep your nose down. By night, dive into magical dream dungeons to kill the psychic embodiments of capitalists in order to repatriate their wealth and power. I also would want to say Fellowship, but I haven't actually run or played it yet. I do think it's genius, though. Check out Fellowship. Also, every TTRPG I've just mentioned is by a trans woman, which I just bring up because truly trans women are so powerful. So true. Podcasts. Friends at the Table. My favorite thing on this list, I'd be a different person if not for Friends at the Table. An actual play podcast with roughly year-long seasons where most seasons are completely different games and settings, which makes it easy to get into compared to, like, Critical Role, for example. Absolutely lives up to their tagline of critical world building, smart characterization, and fun interaction between good friends. I just realized I did that out of order, but it's fine. Uh, Austin Walker basically taught me how to GM. Citations Needed. Great source of leftist news media criticism. Each episode is around a specific theme in American media and how it spins lies and manufactures consent. Uh, it's a great way to stay informed on stuff with hosts who are excellent at cutting straight through bullshit. Music. The Pillows. Yeah, I know, it's every anime fan's go-to band, but seriously, they're extremely good. Their music makes me feel like I'm being carried off to another planet. Last Dinosaur is one of the greatest songs ever written. Don't at me. Uh, finally, the Neo Tokyo soundtrack by Ed Harrison. This is the greatest soundtrack to a video game. It's like, what if cyberpunk music was also choral music? Go listen to it. It rules. And I'm done. There's also, like, 
a lightning round stuff of other things I'd like that I didn't want to write descriptions for because they're just everyone knows they're good, but we can put that in the description. <laughs> okay. Incredible. Round of applause for Wyatt doing all that work. That's okay, because now I just have like a list of things. This made me like think about what a, if I had to recommend two things from every medium, what would they be? And now I just have this list so I can pull it out whenever I want. So thank you for making me make it. <laughs> Do either of you have anything you want to recommend? Um, just generally, like Andor. I have no idea what's even oh. connected. Yeah, so true. I still yeah, watch Andor. I have, I have a very legally acquired copy now, so now I can. Hell yeah, buggers. Andor is um, just good television. If you want Star Wars to be good, just watch Andor. Yeah, if you want and Star was... Wars to be as, like, cogent and good as, like, the original trilogy in terms of, like... Most people forget at this point, but, like, George Lucas is pretty left-leaning, and the point of the original Star Wars was, like, hey, the, the, the people we're fighting in Vietnam, the people we fought in Vietnam, they were the good guys, actually. America's bad. So true. Sorry, go on, Emma. Yeah, I was just going to say on the topic of, like, critiquing Empire um, and just in general as being, like, the best series I've ever read in my whole life, um, The Locked Tomb. Yes. Go read that. Wait for Alexa with the rest of us. That's one of the lightning round. That's on the lightning round. Yeah, I figured it would be, but I had to shout it out as being, like, actually I also figured that you would bring it up on air. It's so fucking good. It's so good. Um, I've already mentioned Hadestown in this podcast just because storytelling when when tragedies um i don't so have any true. like clever blurbs um and i can't think of anything i've ever liked ever but <laughs> if i think of anything i can add it to why it's lightning list i guess yeah i have trash taste in media so aside from andor i don't really have anything to bring to this table i mean you've been okay didn't you recently finish the x-files you've never fully given your like x-files thoughts and it's pretty relevant to supernatural yeah okay so I guess here's my X-Files thoughts. Um, the first couple of seasons are really good. Uh, it has the problem that all long-running serial television shows have of A, jumping the shark, and B, not really making sense. Um, <laughs> because they keep trying to return to the old, the same formula after they've had these like life-changing things happen to them. So it's like, I really don't think mm -hmm. Scully would be this uh, skeptic when she's literally seen an alien walk right in front of her, but okay, whatever. Um, that being said, it's, you know, it's a fun romp. Um, it has, the things it says about the American government sometimes taste a little funky in my mouth just because of how, um, anti-government conspiracy theories are generally yeah. done today. It was in such a more, like, naive, innocent time when, like, mm -hmm. not trusting the government wasn't quite so wrapped up in, like, ext right-wing extremism. <laughs> Mm -hmm. That being said, don't trust the government. Yeah. But it's not because uh, lizard people control them. It's because they do terrible things to human beings for the sake of capitalism. Um, that being said, do not watch the uh, re the remake. Don't don't do it. The, I like, mean, it's not a remake. The it's requel. like a, the requel. Yeah. Don't watch it. <laughs> I could not get through the first three episodes. It's. Because, again, because it takes place in, like, 2018 or something, it, 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 you, can't, you can't have the X-Files take place in 2018 in the same way. And, like, even after 9-11, like after X-Files changed. Um, oh, yeah, I bet it did. Yeah, it wasn't, like, it didn't take, a, like, a turn for the worse, but, like, 
it definitely changed the vibes. But the remake, the requel is like, here's this in-universe version of Alex Jones, who is an ally, to and then what? we're also going to have an entire episode uh, about Islamophobia, but also making it be like the most milk toast liberal bullshit. Yeah. And... <sighs> Oof. Yeah. Don't don't waste your time with it. All the other stuff is fun. Also, I guess it goes without saying, but Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood. Oh yeah. That's the other good thing I've watched in my life. But like Metal everyone knows that Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood is good. Mm-hmm. That's like I feel like back in the olden days, the the anime that like every anime fan would like watch and recommend is Cowboy Bebop. Now it's Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood. Cowboy Bebop is also good. It is, it is. It's not Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I haven't actually watched Cowboy Bebop. I just know a lot of people who've watched yeah. it. <laughs> I need to watch it. I don't watch enough anime. I have a friend who recently watched it for the first time, and I'm like, yeah, it's good, isn't it? Like, it's still good. Mm-hmm. There's some, like, you know, like everything from the 90s, there's some problematic stuff in it. Like anime in general, but, like, it's good. Yeah. Um, There was one more thing and- I was going to say. Okay. No, go on. Oh, I was just, I was gonna move us on because we've been talking about. Oh yeah, no, sorry. Final, final. I remembered. Um, okay. Re Andor and also uh, X Files. I was gonna square that circle. Um, it's funny. I was listening to uh, the more civilized age uh, Q and A where Austin brought up that like yes, to all his leftists, this show seems very leftist. But also, he was watching it with his uh, mom, and she was like, "It's funny." We're supposed to, we're, like, rooting for the insurrectionists here, but we just had an attempted insurrection in America, and we hate those guys. And it's like, yeah, it's a good point. Framing things, like, uh, the, the, like, anti-government conspiracy thing, like, you can do it in both good and bad ways in terms of, like, Mm -hmm. you're right, don't trust the government, but also don't trust it like those guys don't trust it. Yeah. Okay. Trust it based on, like, facts and not yeah. uh, deep-rooted anti-Semitic uh, conspiracy theories. Same same thing for they're both good and bad insurrections. Yeah. Or good and bad reasons for insurrections. Anyway, uh, let's anyway. talk about Supernatural. Yeah, let's talk about Supernatural. <laughs> We're done talking about good television. Yeah. Um, it's time, time to... Okay, <laughs> I shouldn't... Okay, these, the these... man who would be king is hmm. good television. The man who would be king is good. Mommy Dearest was not. No. I think. All right, like here a solid goes. Five. Here goes. Let's see. Uh, six nineteen. Mommy dearest was written by Adam Glass, um, and we start with two drunk guys. One of them, a black guy named Ed. They come out of a bar and walk past Eve. Ed flirts with her, and she touches his face, which makes his veins do something ominous. Um, and then she goes into the bar that they just came out of. She breaks off the doorknob handles and kisses somebody who was asking about the blood on her white dress. His face does the same spooky thing. And then she goes around touching a couple more people and everyone in the bar starts attacking each other and or freaking out. Um, title card. Then we see Dean is making shotgun shells with the phoenix ashes, although he's worried because it doesn't burn him to touch it. Sam was like, that's stupid. Iron and silver and salt don't burn Dean either. Sam is right. Um, They tell Dean to call Cass. Dean asks, why does it always have to be him to call Cass? It's not like Cass lives in his ass. Cass is standing behind him. (sighs) Dean says, Cass, get out of my ass. Cass says, I was never in your... And squints as Dean gives him a look. They aired this on television. Anyway, Cass doesn't know... One of the good parts of this episode... (laughs) Cass doesn't know where Eve is, and so they decide it would be helpful if they had a friendly monster. Um, There's like a little montage to show that this doesn't happen immediately. Then Cass shows up with Lenore. 
Remember Lenore from season two, episode three, Bloodlust? The vampire I do remember Lenore from episode two, season, season three, season two, episode three, Bloodlust. That was one of the Gordon episodes. That might have been his first episode. Anyway, the rest of her nest is gone now because they all fed because of Eve's, vo- Eve's voice in their heads. Lenore says that she might as well be a video camera, so Eve is going to know that they're coming, but she does tell them where Eve is. And then she asks to be killed because she is not no, like other girl- vampires. Um, she has fed, and so Cass smites her. Then they go to Oregon to find Eve. Everything in this town seems chill. In a diner, Bobby is disgruntled at being forced to use an iPad. Cass is powerless here, blocked by Eve. Dean is rude about this and hurts Cass's feelings, which is a federal crime. Then they find a case of a weird illness and go try to check out this doctor, Dr. Silver. Um, But he's missing, and he has the gooey corpse of Ed from the cold open in his shed. Weird. Bobby and Sam go check out the doctor's house, find out he has two kids, talk to the sheriff. At Ed's house, Cass points out that someone who looks like Ed is moving around inside, so they all head in and find dead Eds all over the place. This, this is really rocks. hard to say. <laughs> One of them this... is still alive, just sick, and it turns out that this guy used to be the other guy from the cold open, a white guy named Marshall. They tell him that he is hallucinating and going to be okay, and there's an ambulance coming. All of that is a lie. Um, but he tells them about seeing Eve at the bar, and so then he dies. Now, they're all very confused by Eve's plan here, because what use is a monster army that's just going to die? Then they go to the bar and find all the dead people from the cold open, and they're like, wow, it's weird that the sheriff didn't notice this. Dean discovers that the corpses have vampire fangs and wraith spikes. Um, Eve is making hybrids now, and so Dean names them Jefferson Starships because they're horrible and hard to kill. (laughs) Then the sheriff comes in and arrests them all except Dean, who is hiding. In the sheriff's office, Sam sees on camera that the sheriff and his guys are monsters, and so the gang kills all of them except the sheriff, who gets to be interrogated. Bobby says that they must have been Eve's cleaning crew picking up after her mess. Then they find Dr. Silver's two sons, Joe and Ryan, who have been held in the um, sheriff's office. Ryan has gone nonverbal. Ryan is the younger one. He's gone nonverbal after they were uh, picked up by monsters. Uh, The Winchesters test them for humanity off screen, and then since they are like, yep, they're clean, they go drive them over to their uncle in the next town over. Cass says that this is poor optimization of priorities and wants them to focus on the greater picture. While the boys are out, Cass tortures Eve's location out of the sheriff and kills him, maybe with his bare hands. Um, It's really cool. Good job, Cass. Torture is bad, though. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Torture is bad, but Cass walking out of a room with blood all over his hands is good. So maybe Uh check yourself next time. Each of the gang takes a Phoenix Ash shotgun shell and they head to the address, which is the diner they were at before. And they're like, wow, weird. Um, The plan is for the boys to head in. And if they don't shoot Eve, Bobby and Cass better. Inside the diner, everyone is a starship. Eve is posing as a waitress and she has her starships close the blinds and take the boys' guns. Her problem is that the natural order has been disrupted. Her firstborns have been kidnapped and tortured, and she wants to defend her children. And when the boys are skeptical, she makes herself look like Mary, which is pretty cool. Um, She tells them... Yeah. She tells them that Crowley is alive and still torturing monsters for purgatory because he wants the power of the souls there. It's not about location. Um, So she's been turning humans into monsters so that all the souls will come to her instead of to hell pretty cool dean points out her monsters have been dying gooey and she says she's now perfected the recipe smart and inconspicuous and you've been with it the whole time we cut to ryan who has attacked joe and turned him and they both attack and kill their uncle um eve says that she wants the the boys to bring her crowley uh they don't want to work for her the starships bring in bobby and Cass, and eve threatens to turn them all to get them to work for her anyway dean says bite me and she does um but it was a trap it was a trick she's been poisoned he drank his phoenix ash and whiskey and so now she drops the mary disguise and dies 
Cass therefore has his power back and kills the starships in a giant blast um, and heals Dean. They all fly over to the uncle's house. They find him dead, but the kids are also dead with sulfur nearby, which is weird because that must mean Crowley told them to do it, which means he's alive. Cass seems confused by how he could have burned the wrong bones and disappears to look into it. Poppy and Sam are now suspicious of Cass, but Dean is not. In our final scene, Miracles by Jefferson Starship plays as Cass stands over Eve's body. And Crowley asks, Really, Cass? How many times am I going to have to clean up your messes? And cut. The, the, them playing a Jefferson Starship song after shitting on them this whole episode is very funny. Mm-hmm. I, went, I, like, I went and listened to like the top five Jefferson Starship songs on Spotify after this. It's like, why does Dean hate them so much? I, like, I don't know. They just sound like another dad rock band to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I like. I'm not gonna lie. I was sort of. I sort of disassociated for the past, like for the last like five minutes of this episode. It's the last five minutes is when I actually perked up because I was like, ah, hell yeah, <laughs> cast time, cast time. Yeah, cast time. But also, oh, our switcheroo. Actually, our villain was Crowley this whole time, and the Eve thing was a complete, like, red herring slash, like, shaggy dog story for Eve, I guess. She just gets owned immediately. Yeah, season six has too much going on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I will say, I guess, like, I like Dean's... uh, I like the way that Dean deals with her, because it's smart Mm -hmm. that he drugged himself, like, that, that he poisoned himself, he made himself poisonous, basically. That's cool. Um, this show continues to have no stakes, though, because Cass just heals him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess the stakes are now, uh-oh, your good friend Cass, he's actually the bad guy. Your bestest buddy, Cass. No. Your bestest friend. But um, we'll talk about obviously that more, more on the next episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> After the break. Um, Yeah. This is, I mean, Eve's plan is cool. Like, this whole scene with the, them talking to Eve is neat and stuff, but just, like, yeah, villain dealt with in one episode again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's basically the same thing that happened with Crowley when we thought he was dead. Yeah, but now he's back. Yeah. I get that, again, it's, like, it's hard to do two-parters, like, multi-arc things, etc., because, like, you're an episodic show, but... Yeah, I think there's something to be said for the idea that, like, the person you thought was the big bad was dealt with so easily because it turns out the thing that you should have been paying attention to all along has been the subplot in the background. Um, Again, more on that next episode. Um, I just think it's not very well executed. Yeah. (sighs) I'll give them kudos, I guess, for tying every plot thread that I thought were all just connected into each other. Mm -hmm. That's all right. Good job on that, I guess. Yeah. It's a, a rare moment of, of uh, I don't remember the word, consistency. Yeah. For Supernatural. And I get why now that the Angel War stuff had to be in the background, because if it was too foregrounded, we'd be like, hmm, what's going on here? And the, mm-hmm. then the plot twist wouldn't work. And it's an effective plot twist. I was not expecting mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. it. I knew Crowley was coming back because I know he's in the show for longer. <laughs> Uh, and y'all would too because of these two implying it multiple times. Um, <laughs> okay, well, but uh, I was so good. Come on, I don't give anything. Away. I thought I was being pretty good, but I don't remember anything I said. So yeah, it's fine. Um, 
But uh, I did not. I thought they were just gonna bring him back from for, in some bullshit way. I didn't know it was gonna be like actually he never died. That's all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Little 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 funny game that he and Cass pl- Cass played. Retroactively, it makes me episode. like that episode more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, but we, we, we know. We were just kind of sitting here episode. giggling while you were like, "I can't believe they just killed Crowley." That's true. <laughs> uh-huh. It was really funny. We were typing to each other while you were talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You should see our DMs half the time when we're recording this episode. Uh-huh. These episodes, it's just sickos emoji. Well, I know you're both. You're constantly DMing secrets to each other. <laughs> the backstage. Um, mm-hmm. So the it's other like thing I wanted to say know. broadly about this episode is this one's like really dark and violent. Yes, it is in a way that surprised me. Like Sup- this is supernatural gets like pretty dark and violent sometimes, but it's it's so few and far between. Yeah. And this one is, there's not as much, like, levity, because a lot of the time when it's violent, like, it doesn't feel quite so violent because of, like, the levity. Um, I remember I was re-listening to one of our other episodes, I can't remember what episode it was, um, but I also made the the comment that, like, it's really gruesome, <laughs> and it's, it's, like, disturbing. <laughs> I think that this episode has this, that same kind of quality to it. Yeah, the uh, the Crowley app. What was that? Twelve or thirteen? Where they fought Crowley? Where they invaded his torture hell base? Uh, Cage T. It was Cage yeah, T. I think thank it was you. Twelve? Um, no, it was not twelve. It was uh, was it eleven? Ten. It was, it was ten. ten. Wow, ten. that was so early. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that was nine episodes ago. Yeah, um, that one was also, like, pretty, pretty, like, dark and gritty, but, like, this one, I don't know, there was, like, so much blood and, like, heads getting chopped in half, uh, mm-hmm. and, like, again, I don't know what, what the heck is Dean's knife made out of? Adamantium? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not, skulls are thick. Anyway, it's fine. It's um, fine. I just give him a magic knife that, like, can cut through anything at this point, like, you're already having him being able to do it. Well, listen, if he has... He was cutting monster heads in half, and they're all, like, a little bit sick. Sickly. They're, are you saying their skulls are, are soft like butter? Yeah, they're their squishy bones brains. are a little bit squishier. Yeah. They're supposed to be, like, tough and scary, though. Well, she hadn't perfected well, these the recipe. Well, fuck-ups. They're very yeah. tough, except that their heads are soft. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of them are tough. <laughs> like babies. <laughs> they, should just, they should just have big, glowing red weak points that Dean hits and they explode at this <laughs> point. critical hit points. Yeah. Yes. Just like the construct in the winnowing challenge. Dean has the uh, mystic eyes of death perception from um, Beyond the Boundary or whatever it's called. This is, this is the, that's the deepest cut I've ever made. <laughs> yeah, I thought I you know. were going to say, like, Persona or something. <laughs> Wait, no, beyond the, beyond the Boundary is that I always confuse them. Um, because they both have Kyokai in the title. Uh, uh, Garden of Sinners. Um, something, something. Kara no Kyokai, Garden of Sinners. The main, the main character in that can, like, see, like, the exact perfect cut points and so cut anything in half. That's her power. That's what Dean has. He sees where the cut point in the head is and just, like, cuts along it on an atomic level. Just like Mace Windu. Yeah. Yeah, he can see the shattered points. Um... Okay. From the top, I guess. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the, the recap for pretty much confirming that Crowley comes back. I skipped the recap. Good call. Yeah, I, I've been doing that because it often spoils things in that way. Uh, ripped all of these bar people. Yeah. Go crazy, go stupid, ah. Uh. 
<laughs> yeah, this like everyone goes crazy and attacks each other. I think it was good. It was shot well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was very um very chaotic. All all the while, Eve is just sitting on the counter drinking a Shirley Temple while um the song that whose title I can't remember is playing. It's pretty good. Yeah. How many times are we gonna get the monstrous feminine? Yeah, and how many this times is, is she gonna be wearing? According to the transcript, it's "You Sexy Thing" by Hot Chocolate. Nice. Yep. Thank you. I knew chocolate was in the name somewhere. The scene must have been really funny to shoot. Just like telling a bunch of extras in a bar to just go absolutely ham. Just start biting each other's just, necks. Yeah, just fucking go. You guys go know what a vampire wild. is, right? What if you also punched each other? <laughs> God, if only I could be an extra to be let loose in a scene. It must be so much fun being a zombie extra. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, it's probably not fun to get all that makeup on. Well, it's a couple hours in a trailer. Yeah. If that. A lot of the time, they, they do pretty basic. Uh, I watched a video on how they do the Walking Dead uh, zombie extra makeup, and it, it, it takes, like, probably three hours, maybe, and then the rest they touch up digitally afterwards, because it doesn't actually take very long. Three hours is a very long time. Yeah, I could not. <laughs> I did it to myself that very same day, so I guess I'm just built different than you guys. Fair enough. <laughs> Ash, built different. Cannot get through a podcast without playing a video game. Can sit still in a makeup chair for three hours, apparently. I was watching television while I was doing it, yeah, and I right. was doing it on myself, okay? Yeah, that is something you're doing. Fair enough. I had more than one uh, direction of stimulation. Anyway. All right. So after the cold open, um, we see Dean Megan Bullet. Uh, I I find this very funny that they're like trying to sow like a slight seed of doubt when Dean's like, "Oh, I don't know. This didn't do anything to me. It might not do anything to 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 Eve." I almost called her Lilith. <laughs> Same <laughs> thing, basically. Um, and uh, and then that never comes up again. It doesn't matter. Because I think it was the a thing is, is because yeah, I think it's because the the phoenix could burn anyone. So Dean's thought process was if the phoenix could burn anyone, then the ashes should burn anyone. But that's it's it's a right. dumb concern to have. I Sam understand right. why he would think that, but also we wouldn't have thought about it if they hadn't shot it and it doesn't do anything or go anywhere. And, and basic screenwriting he, he like smears some of it on his arm, right? To demonstrate that it doesn't yeah. do anything. And then he wipes it on a towel. Like you went to the you time traveled to the 19th century to get uh, this shit and now it's smeared on your towel? Uh -huh. It's not going in your bullets? I know, he could only make five. Stupid. Stupid man. Um, speaking of stupid, do, can we can we talk about the ass scene, please? For the love of God. <sighs> yes, we can talk about the ass scene. I have scene. nothing specific to say except why the fuck would they air this? Why did they write this? Because it's what was funny? Because it's funny. It's literally it just funny. because the idea of gay sex is funny. But, hello? Hello? The In a, in a post-Destiel world, this, the, it's a, it's a good bit, sure. But, okay, first of all, Castiel, why would you appear directly behind him? <laughs> first of all. Second of all, the eye contact. The looks that they exchange. Hello? Like, I know it's not that deep, but also, it could have been. I'm trying uh -huh. so hard not, not to make a joke. Not that, not that deep? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I walked into that one. Speaking so of walking dude. into that one, I do like 
that like Cass rises to his bait for a moment and then Dean gives him a look and he's like, haha, gotcha. And he's like, ah, this is stupid. <laughs> Cass is like, I, I don't, I'm not debating whether or not we've had gay sex. We have a case to talk about. Mm-hmm. This is not important, Dean. Cass is too busy fucking Crowley right now. <laughs> Literally, this is textually like, well, not textually, this is subtextually an affair. That is what is happening. Bedlin mm-hmm. understands, but I can't talk about this next episode yet. So let's get through this one. Mm-hmm. My next note is about Cass just mercilessly smiting Lenore. So if we're not going to skip directly to that, I'll let you guys talk. Oh, I just think Lenore. it's funny that this is the first time they bring back an early seasons vampire for a cameo. Hmm. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. Oh! That's a special surprise tool that will help us later. I was thinking of the wrong vampire. I don't know who you were thinking of. Well, I th- I thought you were making a joke, not a, a character. I was making a joke about Jenny. Yes, I yeah, I realized that. I thought you were talking about a different vampire. And well, then I, I realized so. that you were talking about Jenny, and that's why I responded that way, because that's just how I respond whenever I think about the finale. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. I was just going to say, whenever I see Amber Benson's face, I'm like, hi, bestie. <laughs> Why, it's parasocial That's Blorbo from my Buffy. That's, yeah, that is Blorbo from my Buffy. Listen, she was my, she's my favorite character in that show. You're so valid. But, uh, yeah, rip to her. Yeah. She's, like, busy insisting to Dean and Sam to kill her, and Cass is like, okay, this is taking too long. Yeah. And just, like burns her brains out he doesn't even like smite her like he does the demon. yeah like, she goes really it looks so easy. rough like do you, do yeah. you really have to do it to a girl like that yeah it's so like is it just because like it's it's different smiting vampires from smiting demons i don't think so i think it's just like jesus christ Cass, the bloodlust i don't He's know grumpy. yeah he is grumpy I guess, like, when you smite a demon, you're frying the the smoke inside of them. Like, they're, n- they're not actually, like, in the body in the same way, whereas, like, maybe vampires are a little bit more resilient, or, like, you have to fry them harder. I don't know. They're in their, in their bodies rather than uh, possessing. Which, okay, I don't think smiting saves the person who is possessed. They just kind of gloss No, 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 no. I mean, the, it fries their brain, but, like, you might have to work harder for vampires, all I'm saying. There, yeah. I think they were just like, let's do this cool skull thing, which it looks pretty cool. It rules. It looks pretty cool, but that. also, like, again, we like this character. Yeah, I'm like, Jesus. Yeah, it's this so is, rough. It is not, it's, I think it's supposed to, like, be our first, maybe not first, one of our the signs that, like, Cass is maybe not the best yeah, person maybe. in the world. Yeah. Cass is we we all know that is false because he is the best person in the world. He's <laughs> so true. You can't Listen, fool me, Supernatural. Uh-huh. He's, he's, I'm an apologist. He's got a lot going on, okay? He just had to admit that he's never had gay sex with Dean. He is allowed to be grumpy. <laughs> Who among us would be immune? Um, I'm curious. One thing we don't dig into is how much Cass knows about like what uh, Eve's plans are and what Eve wants and like how the monsters are responding to this. Because, like, there's an interesting shot of him listening to her as she's, like, explaining all this to them that, like, I don't fully know how to interpret, but... Uh, I would is... think... I would think that Crowley knows, because he's been 
torturing them and if she has this like right. you know Borg well, well brain how much how thing. how much is this is what i'm saying is like how much does crowley know like how much has he gotten I how I effective think, has this been well it's true i feel like he's probably found out that like she's trying to make more monsters but they already knew that i don't know yeah yeah, because Crowley is more concerned about Dean and Sam than he is about Eve, but Eve I, has it out for yeah. him, so I guess he doesn't know. It, it, I'm just, it feels like, in a weird way, in a way that the show isn't actually trying to do, but is just inadvertently doing so, doing so it kind of says something about the efficacy and, like, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, the, the, the methods... Torture is not good for, for acquiring information, is what the show is implying, due to the fact that how many monsters has Crowley, like, kidnapped and tortured to try to get information out of them? How long has he been doing that? Like, a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Torture only works if you're a Winchester. Yeah, or Castiel. Honorary Winchester. Yeah, honorary boy. Um, but yeah, this is effective. Rip to rip to Amber Benson, rip to Lenore. Um, I like that this shows in a weird way the like we don't we don't know any other good monsters, but how Eve has how Eve's uh monster plans are like damaging both to uh humans and to like what monster communities exist on the sidelines that are like uh not uh a f not not gonna hurt people. Man, finding individual words is hard for me this morning for some reason. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, these monsters, um, Lenore's crew anyway, they weren't hurting anybody. They were living sort of bad lives, but they were living. Um, and now they're all, because of Eve trying to protect her kids, they're all, yeah. um, they've all become the worst versions of themselves, and at least one of them is dead. Interesting. Yep. Caught in the crossfire. Mm -hmm. uh, Dean calls Cass Smitey McSmiterson. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's true, he does do that. <laughs> oh, also, also Sam, tablets... Sam calls Cass our friend. Hell yes. yeah. yeah. Tablets have happened? Yeah, it's 2011. Yeah, we get a... The show has to make, like, a, a boomer tablet jab. Yeah, Bobby to says be fair, I'm they were doing the same thing to Samuel. Yeah, but uh, what I mean to say is, Samuel, they were playing for a joke that he doesn't understand computers. It feels like you're supposed to root for Bobby in this scene, when he's like, this ain't a computer. Yeah, Sam is an iPad kid. Yeah. To be fair, his uh, thing about uh, computers having buttons, there is something to be said oh, about he's right. no longer having tactile no, he's correct. Uh, buttons on things. Yeah. It's an okay boomer moment, but also... Checks right. out. <laughs> Yeah, Sam is technically definitionally correct. An iPad is a computer. It has a computing machine in it. Yep. Um, but if I ask for a computer and you hand me an iPad, I'm also going to be like, what am I supposed to do with this? You're supposed to play Candy Crush on it. That's what you're supposed to do with it. Is an iPad a computer replacing is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. What? Also, in the diner at the top, it says Grant's Pass. It's the climate. What does that mean? Um, that the the reason tourists would come there is for the climate. Is this their actual tagline? I don't know, but while you look that up, um, at about nine fifteen timestamp, there's a shot of 
Um, the boys, Cass and Bobby, all standing. They just flew to Grants Pass, um, and three mm. of them are facing forwards, and Dean is turned around backwards, and there was an old Tumblr post about, like, it looks like their character selects their screen. That's very funny. <laughs> Choose your fighter. Yeah. Um. And Dean is turned around because you haven't unlocked him yet, you know? <laughs> yeah. Mm. So true. I can't find anything about this. I did find out that it was a sundown town. Eesh. Oh, great! Like a long time ago, but some uh, some dark history beneath Grant's Pass, like most American towns. Yeah. Uh, then what happens? A lot of a lot of potty pot pot investigating. I love how I love how in People the diner everyone's eating and Cass is just sitting there. Yeah. Cass is just sitting there. Um, there's a bit where he tries to fly away and realizes that he's stuck, right? And oh yeah, yeah. Um, they make fun of him. They say I'm blocked. He says I'm blocked. Um, Dean says, "So wait, mom's making you limp," which is certainly one way you could say that. Yep. Um, and yeah, it's Cass goes figuratively. Sense. Yes, it's very important to him that Dean knows his dick works. <laughs> mm -hmm. Then Dean says, uh, without your power, you're basically just a baby in a trench coat. And Cass just kind of looks away. You hurt yeah. his fucking feelings. I'm going to kill yeah, you. You hurt his feelings. He calls Cass a child so many times in these two episodes. It's I'm like, the ableism. Yeah, later on, he's like, like Cass doesn't want to do something. He's like, that's what babies do, is not do things. They whine. And then he calls him a freaking child in the next episode. And it's like, fucking, he's autistic. Leave him alone. <laughs> He is autistic. His oh, I'm excited to talk about the next episode. <laughs> Autistics when they see an autistic character. It's true. Um, I literally when I sat down to to watch these episodes, I was like, I'm going to put more context in my notes. And you did not. <laughs> I'm gonna put so more context in. I said like a liar. So uh -huh. they find the body. The first body. I think it's once we know more. This is. Dr. Silver's body. Yeah, yes, I think. Yes. Yeah. So, which I think the nurse is probably a Jefferson Star Star I almost called said Jefferson Starfish. Well the Jefferson Starships are 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 all melting right now, but like she's gotta be into it in on it because she <laughs> she's probably the one who hid the body. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. So maybe she's a, like a shifter or a vampire or something. Hmm. Or she's got a con worm. Yeah, yeah, there's all sorts of thing ways that she could be. There's lots of ways to look like a person. Yeah. I was I the thing I was wondering, like I guess the I guess she has to turn this town. She like still hasn't fully done that, but I would love it if like everyone in this town was a monster mm -hmm. in the way of like um in uh the when they like way back when they went into that bar and everyone in the bar was a demon. Yeah, well we have that in the mm -hmm. diner. It's just not the whole town yet. Yeah. Anyway, when they when they find the the bodies, um, it's cool. It's very uh scary. Yeah, they're goopy. The effects are good. Well, they're goopy, but also like there's like seven of the same corpse or whatever. Oh yeah, um, that was news that was fucked up. Same corpses. <laughs> you could just say <laughs> Homestuck fans. I was not at all. <laughs> That's not what that, they were though. talking about. Oh, okay, I was just thinking anyway, of all yeah. the dead Daves. So true. I can't believe Homestuck stole from Supernatural. <laughs> I think if anything, Supernatural stole from Homestuck. I think that was probably just before uh, this. Yeah, I think the Dead Dave slightly predate this. Incredible. I'm not sure though. I'm not gonna. They check definitely. Adam Glass is a Homestucky. 
<laughs> anyway, yeah, it is very. It's uh, I love. I, I also I love Cass going. Did Ed have a twin brother? And they go, no. And he goes, then that's not his brother then. No. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> and then they go in, and there's just a bunch of Eds just laying dead. It's fucked. It's yep. fucked up. The mise-en-scene in this is fun. I like the dartboard with the pictures around it and the um, Chinese takeout uh, little box, little carton, and the racing wheel. This house feels lived in in a fun way. But, uh, yeah, Riptal. I guess this is, like, the rest of this dude's family. Well, I think they... They're they're the so I think this is their college dorm. Yeah. Or the house they their, share with their college this roommates. Is their dorm? Well, it's a house that they Because Marshall was in. there. It does right. say Ed's house, I guess. There, it could be like a fraternity house. Yeah, there's on the the campus in town. There's whole houses that they rent out to students specifically. That's I fair. I don't think it's they're just... associated with fraternities, but they're like student housing. It didn't have student housing vibes to me in terms of its decor. I guess so. I was I thought it was just like his family house and like that's some of his stuff on the table there. But sure. I think a lot of them come pre-furnished. That makes sense. I it's had just to like, guess. I don't know. There's a bunch of like knickknacks and like old books on shelves and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. That's fine. No, you're, yeah, yeah, fair. But uh, anyway, ripped all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is pretty horrible that like they don't even have their own body to die in. Like they don't have their corpse. You know, it's someone else's body that they're wearing. Yeah. Yeah. And like Shifter Plague is like pretty neat. And there's something like really dark about like she wants to she wants to help her children but she wants to help her children on a like global scale which is to say it's better for her it's better like she wants to help their souls i guess or she wants to like just win she just wants to win and that's what will help her children and what's winning here it doesn't matter if the shifters are alive it just matters that their souls get transformed into monster souls so they go to purgatory instead of heaven or hell which is yeah, it's compelling to me. The like, her plan is compelling to me. It's interesting and fitting for that. Like in the same way that like demons are just humans. Um, I I know that's not true for all monsters, but like these monsters, like just being humans. Um, that's neat. It's interesting. Yeah. Also interesting to me the way that she's all like a mother wants to defend her children. Um, and she does want to kill Crowley for torturing her kids. And, like, thereby, I guess, save the rest of her kids from being tortured. Um, But her primary goal here, at least, isn't, I'm going to go hunt down Crowley. It's, I'm going to have a victory, like, a, a revenge victory over Crowley. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't stopping him from torturing anybody. Yeah. Also, it's, I, I just think it's weird because she's like, what's he going to do when all of the souls go to me instead of him? He's trying to get into purgatory specifically for that reason. Yeah, it is weird. Like, I don't know. I, think I assume the point... she can draw the power of yeah. the souls in Purgatory yes. like Cass does. But it, it he was, wants but to we steal... didn't learn that until next episode. If you think about it in terms of... If you think about it in terms of, like, what if every soul was a soldier that was also just a gun? She has 50,000, she, or she has, like, four, like 20 million, whatever the number was, like, how many monsters. She has 20 million guns. He's got more than that. So if he wins the fight, whatever guns are left are his to take. But if he is outnumbered, if she has more guns than him, mm, then he's not going to win see. the fight. 
Okay. Like yeah, when sense. when purgatory's cracked open, I'm presuming it's gonna be. It's not just gonna like be like delicious food. It's like weaponry that can fight back themselves. Smiley face. But uh, it's still small. It's still like usable material, also in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes sense. I like that read better. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I do think the way that they've slowly built up, like, that souls are the, like, materiel in the war of, like, supernatural powers is, is good. Has been mm -hmm. well done. Yeah. Going all the way back to that kid uh, that um, had mm -hmm. to be searched to find the, uh, the angel weapon. Mm -hmm. The entire infrastructure of heaven and hell are built on souls and purgatory. Um so the more souls are in heaven, the more powerful heaven is. Uh -huh. Not just on an individual front of like an angel to angel thing of whoever controls heaven controls the power of the souls, but like this we find this out later, but the souls literally keep the lights on up there. Yeah, in the um in the supernatural real time strategy game, souls are the primary currency. <laughs> mm hmm Currency is the currency of the realm. Um let's go back to the bar. The Jefferson Starship conversation, uh, and then the cops show up, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's funny that he's like casual Friday agents because they did not bother getting into their FBI outfits. Yeah, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was. I knew this earlier, cop was but... bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, he's a cop. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but I also knew he was a monster in a non-regular. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> he's got Branson vibes, even for a cop. I like the dean doesn't get caught. It's fun. Mm-hmm, it's really it's a good. better it's reason so for them to, like, uh, escape than often occurs. Mm-hmm. It's also very funny how fast it happens. Like, they're barely back in the police station before they go monster mode. Well, Sam sees Sam, the reflections like, on the of way their in, eyes. Sam yeah, I know. Notices. I know, I just mean, I yeah, just it mean is, in a pacing way. it is funny way. pacing. Well, oh, a lot yeah. has to happen just shows in this episode. Up. Do you know how much I had to write yeah. for my synopsis? Yes, I know. But like I said, a lot of plot. Um... Mm -hmm. But yeah, I love Dean showing up with the world's biggest knife that's made of adamantium. It's just like, again, not he's not cutting their heads off. He's cutting their heads in half. Mm -hmm. There's still bits left. But the show has this new effect that it's proud to show off. It is pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> also, Cass gets like splattered by the blood. Yes. Um, and does this like blink it about when... it? It's very erotic, I will say. <laughs> I love it when men are covered in blood. Uh-huh. He saves Kaz. That's his yeah. super special little guy. Yeah, he's mm -hmm. just a little guy right now. Isn't that what he he's is just a little power. guy. Yeah, he's just a guy. I love it when Kaz is just a guy. Um, Yeah, just a guy who can also cut heads clean in half. Well, you know. See, in that case, he has his magic angel knife. That, I believe, can just cut a head in half. Yeah. Um, I like the like wait and then smash cut to them having one of them chained up. Speaking of pacing. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. There's also some interesting shots here with the, like, two-way... Yeah, I guess it's the uh, the one-way mirror, the, like, thing that you look you can look behind. Mm -hmm. but they're also they're using the cop base as their base right yeah. now. Yeah, and we see the boys watching Bobby threaten this guy with a knife. Mm -hmm. um, then we meet Joe and Ryan. I love when kids are Winchester-coded. Yep. Mm, well, so and true. that was on purpose. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was part of the trap. I said, um, excellent, another nonverbal child for Dean to pack bond with. Uh -huh. Exactly. I, 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 wrote, I wrote, I wrote, oh, two, 
Uh, two white kids, Dean's weakness. <laughs> <laughs> for real. They just like me for real. Dean will That's see a traumatized child and be like, wow. Yeah, I guess two this white has nothing to do with me, but I feel really, so yeah. strongly. I made a really big uh, scribble here, but I'm not exactly sure why. <laughs> Let me okay. look at the transcript. Like, even their outfits are similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got the layers. The layers. Like, I well, and the older kid has like um, has jacket, button-up shirt, t-shirt, which is a frequent Winchester boy mm-hmm. that like three-layer thing. It's cold in Canada. Oregon is close. I'll allow it. Mm-hmm. It can be pretty warm in Oregon, depending on where you are. It's presumably Oregon, winter yes. time because it's snowing in the next episode. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, this episode aired on the 29th of April. Oh, Cass okay. might just be in a snowy area for the effect of it all. Sure, all right. I mean, it is He's a good shot. Out. It's a good shot. Anyway, we see these boys. Mm-hmm. Um, well, one of them Cass is, is like, stop focusing on small details of two people when millions of lives are at stake. Um, mm-hmm. Because Cass is in his not caring about the small details. Era. And also, this is the theme of the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, unfortunately, in this case, Cass was right. Yeah. How many times do I have to say it? Cass is always right. You can always just listen to Cass. It would uh-huh. never, so, ever cause problems so if you just listen to Cass. So true. Cass has never I mean, been wrong ever in his life. We'll talk more about this next episode after the break. <laughs> next episode stands true. Just listen to Cass. He's got it under mm. control. Mm-hmm. I don't think he does. He's fine. He's, he's great. I, I don't think Everything he has is it under fine. control. Cass is like me right now, like looking at the calendar and being like, everything's fine. I've got everything under control. Making Cass out of Wyatt. He's just I'm like in my, I'm in my, I will be free when this episode goes up, but I'm my last week of, of the semester of grad school. You it's a bad it. time. It's a bad time, y'all. Thank you. Um. Anyway, they should have listened to Cass, um, but instead Cass, Dean says, hold your water. Whatever that is supposed to mean. Don't give birth yet, Cass. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> Dean just says things. Dean just says things. It's also literally not how birth works. That's the yeah. whole point. He's fucking uh... mansplaining birth to Castiel. I don't. Dean I would don't. Do what does to to in be that clear, of I do not think that is where that idiom comes from. What else is "hold your water" about? Um, I. It's probably related to "can't hold water," right? Maybe. I, oh no! I, it's about it's about pissing. Oh, gross. Okay. Oh, oh hold it in a little longer. Piss himself. Okay. Well, that at least makes sense. <laughs> Great. So it's not don't give birth yet. It's don't piss your pants. Yes. Mm-hmm. Great. Great. That's that, that's really reassuring. Mm-hmm. Um, in the car, Joe and Ryan are like cuddling in the back seat and Dean and Sam kind of like yeah. look at that and like a little smile. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly what brother That's in the what made me The older do. the the older brother doesn't know that his little brother's a monster, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the parallels. Parallelograms. I hate it here. Um Bobby and Castiel have their little conversation. I like Bobby being like you don't let them do anything. They can do what they want. Mm-hmm. It's true. <laughs> Cass is like He's an angel. You guys just forget that. Mm-hmm. He does, Bobby in fact, let you do everything long. you're doing. It's true. 
he just smoked someone uh. in front of you like two minutes ago. Uh huh. Um. Bobby says, "Well, they won't take long." And Cass says, yeah. "You don't know that. They may find more wayward orphans along the way." Bobby He's says, so oh, "Don't get funny. cute." It's like and Cass is right. For pardon highlighting their crippling and dangerous empathetic response with sarcasm. Sarcasm in air quotes that he does with his yeah. fingers in air quotes. Yeah, I love him so much. I love it and when Cass is a bitch. Cass goes and takes out his anger on their torture victim. Yeah. Yeah, more more mirrors in this episode. I don't know if they're intentionally trying to do the thing of the monster earlier being reflected in the mirror, and then Dean looking at these kids reflected in the rearview mirror. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna draw a thematic parallel there. Supernatural girlies will see a shot in Supernatural and be like, "Is anyone gonna draw a thematic parallel to this?" And that's, not wait for an answer. That's me for literally every piece of like uh, uh, filmed media I watch. It's true, but now you are a supernatural girly. I'd sure. <laughs> you always had the potential within you. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of shots, um, I like the way this scene is shot of, like, it's sunset and the light is shining in through the window, but it's, like, dark and blue inside. Um, I don't know, this show's often so colorless that the, them playing with the colors of, like, light and darkness in the scene, like, look looks pretty good. Um, this was directed by John F. Showalter. He's done some other ones in this. Mm-hmm. Um, he directed Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid, Two and a Half Men, and, and Clap Your Hands If You Believe so far. Ten out of agrees with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, they bring the boys home, uh, rip to that family. Um, Kess does the torturing. Uh, and they're gonna, oh, right, they learn where Lilith, Lilith, I did it again. <laughs> they learn where Eve is. <laughs> And I like that there's a brief shot of uh, Dean handing everyone his homemade bullets uh, and a scene of like them walking in a cool way, all spread out across the frame. I like that shot. And then, yeah, they go, in, as you said, they go into the diner where everyone's a monster. Bobby's like, that's the plan. It's an incredibly stupid plan. Yeah, just walk in. The whole plan is just, well, we go inside and if we die, you do it. <laughs> okay. We go inside. We use our, use our magic uh, guns, and win. Bobby goes, at least it's not complicated. No, it would be really hard to think of a plan simpler than this. I like that she's the waitress. Yeah. She's like, I'm gonna dress up, it'll be all funny. <laughs> she's like, I heard the boys are suckers for a silly little outfit. Yep. She does have a flair for the dramatic, turning into their mom. Yeah. She's mommy. Is Eve, is Eve mommy? Mommy? Sorry. Seasons for people with mommy issues. Yeah. So we have true. the daddy. We dealt with the daddy issues. It's mommy issues time. <laughs> so true. Dean can't even look at her when he t- she turns into Mary. Now we also we also get some like really dragons. The show being like, haha, dragons aren't they funny? Yeah, my guy. <laughs> I I feel like Adam Glass is making fun of um, the episode. Like- yeah, the the writer who it's like when <laughs> yeah it's like when uh, Chris Chibnall immediately reversed bringing Gallifrey back. <laughs> it is, <laughs> or it it's is like, like you know they did it to be petty. <laughs> dragons have been made lame in this universe, so it's true. It's true. They have been rendered stupid, stupid and cringe. Um. So Eve calls the natural state of things, quote unquote, their arrangement. It's interesting. It's like, yeah, we kill about we kill some of each other. That's fine. There's not doesn't happen a lot. Yeah. Speaking of dragons, oh, um, I... her name tag says Angela, which I thought was cute. Mm. Um, 
Speaking of dragons, I do sort of like the sl- wake the sleeping dragon. I was going to say this earlier, but we shifted. But yeah, the idea of like, oh, our um big scary threat is actually responding to something else. Um, most uh, antagonists in things are proactive and heroes are reactive. And obviously the other protagon- the other antagonists are uh, proactive, but it is kind of neat seeing that the seeing Eve being like, Oh yeah, I was fine. Like I didn't have any like evil dark plans. I'm literally a mama bear, like waking up out of hibernation to find that like her children have been hurt and I'm now really mad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As much as I hate the like bioessentialism, I do like the, the whole mama bear angle of mm-hmm. like don't don't fuck with don't fuck with kids. Yeah. The weirdly I still don't like the bioessentialism. I at least am glad that there's a reason for it now. I'm sort of mm-hmm. like like her all monsters being made by this one being, which just gets killed instantly. It's so weird. It's like this is this is probably the strongest thing they've ever fought. Like this made every monster. This is worse than like Lucifer, IMO. Um at least she's more active in the world. Um well, she was stuck in purgatory. She hasn't really well, Yes, but, like, was still able to... Oh, I guess she wasn't creating a new monster. I guess, yeah, her original... That was just, uh, whatever. like, regular old reproduction. Her children were more active in the world. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, they just beat her. What was the point I was trying to make? Yeah, um, in terms of Eve being reacting to previous... Oh. To something else, um, there's... I remember. Something to be said for the way the show continues to handle this, where, like, a lot of the problems the boys face in later seasons is, like, because they did this, now something else is the problem. Uh-huh. You know, because they freed Lucifer, now our files... I mean, defeated Lucifer, now our files mad. Because, um, because God's plan was overthrown, now there's civil war in heaven, therefore Crowley wants souls, therefore Eve is mad. Like, that does happen more and more. Um, it's just like it also. I mean, I don't mind that. That's like, hi- yeah, that's that would that's be good, except effect. that it's also the reason that the stakes keep getting higher, and yeah. it means that like because all of the problems come from things that they've done. It's like you could have just not done that choice, boys. Um, like you, you. I'm trying to, th- to figure out how to say this without being spoilers, but um, like they'll have a problem and solve it in such a way that creates a different exciting new problem for the next season you know and it's like well sure now we have a new season but we also see that exactly how it was the boy's fault which is good for like psychoanalyzing them because that's going to be good for them <laughs> sarcastically um but yeah it like it it's good and it's bad um and here we have like the there's start a of um Two two things. First thing, uh, I have a response to what you just said, but before that, I remember what I was trying to say, which is, at the very least, the monsters now having this origin in terms of being created by a greater supernatural force makes them more like angels and demons in a way that gives them less, like, um, in a way that sort of denaturalizes them, both in a way I like and don't like. Uh, don't like in general, like at least in terms of the framing of the show, Uh, particularly in the way she's able to, like, control them. Like, okay, so they're, like, 
they weren't made like this, uh, or they didn't exist like this from the beginning of time or whatever, or just like evolve like this. They were formed by a being with a will that wanted them to do a specific thing. Um, mm -hmm. I guess like orcs in Lord of the Rings, but like, uh, I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying, I like if you're going to frame it in a way that's better than them being like, uh, just inhabitants of the world that are naturally bad. Yeah, if they're gonna be bioessentially evil, then at least that's because they're not really individuals. They were made to be that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was gonna say is there's a line, <laughs> getting on my extreme bullshit. Uh, there's a from there's a line from the tabletop game glitch, a story of the knot by Jenna Moran, who is a genius. Uh, that is um, that goes um, is describing like great heroes. Um, most important thing they got, the most key and the most critical, was the power to fight back, the power to make answer to this veil of suffering, this vast great hill of woe, a literal or metaphorical world-slaying weapon just tossed in their hand. Only, you know, the problem is, they all do eventually figure this out, at least the player characters do. World-slaying weaponry doesn't actually help. Fixing things with a world-ending weapon, well, that'd be like blowing your nose with a trout. <laughs> Boy, I wish the Winchesters heard that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Eve's like, Eve turns to their mom, she's like, she died to protect you, you understand a mother's love, I'm no different. Dean's like, okay, I'm done with this. Mm-hmm. She died to protect you is a little bit of a stretch. Like, she died because she, I guess, like, yeah. yeah, she was coming to see if, like, to to come in and check on Sam, which is like, I guess that's protective, but it's fine, I see the point they were going for, I'm not mad. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's about... Purgatory, the souls are little nuclear reactors, untapped oil well, blah, 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 blah. She's siphon off my supply. And this weird, like, real politic, like, supernatural, like, warring powers real politic is really interesting. Um, let's see how hot his hell burns when everyone comes to me. Beta testing the perfect Which is a beast. pretty rad line. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. This is, the, she's cool. She's good. Uh, I feel, uh, this is the other thing I wanted to say. I feel so bad for this actress who is, like, fine, but doesn't have it. Like, um, uh, what's her name? Mary Winters' sister's actress. Samantha Smith. Yes, thank you. Um, they get her to do the monologue. Yeah. And she does it. That's a good job. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, she says she's been beta testing this um, monster yep. strain, uh, and it's because she's playing Spore. So true. Uh-huh. Although I suppose it would be more like Plague Inc. It's like, what if Plague Inc. and Spore had yep. a baby? Yep, <laughs> Listen, they start out as little microorganisms in Spore. It's true. It's true they do. Um... See, you've been with it the whole time. You're the final test. I had to see if it could slip past hunters undetected. Um, I love that, like... This this wrecks them, and he was like, "Don't look upset." Or sorry, you look upset. If it makes you feel any better, it was bound to work on you. There's nothing you could have done about it. Yeah, I mean, she's right. <laughs> yeah, there's something interesting, not necessarily bioessentialism, but like her, I her the way she thinks about the world of like things having a natural order, a natural way of being, and like it's just in Dean's nature to look after like orphans that look like he did when he was a kid. Mm -hmm. She's like, there's nothing you could have done about it. I don't know. With the show's continued interest in free will versus determinism, mm -hmm. I find that interesting. 
Yeah, the idea of being predictable mm -hmm. as being inevitable. Mm. No. Mm -hmm. She's like, bro, you are literally in a story. Yep. Um, she's like, I don't want to hurt you. Just bring me Crowley. And he's like, nah, I'm tired of working for bad guys. Mm -hmm. Well, specifically, the way they say that is, uh, hold on, let me find it. Here, we've been working yeah, for an evil dick. We're not about to sign up now. for an evil bitch. Okay, the two genders. Yep, dicks mm -hmm. and bitches. <laughs> we don't work with demons, we don't work with monsters. Oh, um, also this is where Cass gets brought in with Bobby. Yes. Um, and <laughs> Eve also refers to blocking his power as making him flaccid. <sighs> yeah. She's older than angels. And they yep. killed her in one second. She knows what <laughs> they at least they kill her with a trick and they don't just shoot her and she mm -hmm. dies. Yeah. Yeah. At least they made it a little bit interesting. But also, yeah, it truly is um use the lock on the on the key sorry, use the key in the lock. Use the MacGuffin we made up on the bad guy and they and then win. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. Writing confrontations is hard. Writing how you take down, like, supernatural monsters is hard. But, like, it's just the same formula over and over. Mm-hmm. I do like that Dean says, bite me. Because he, he says, yeah. bite me all the time. He does and say she that. literally bites him. And then... Mm-hmm. When Shell went out She thought she was going to be hatch, so funny. Mm -hmm. she, yeah. He's like, call you later, Mom. Then she goes, bleh, and dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is what happened. <laughs> Her like face gets all jacked up. She like melts a little bit. Uh, she like she, like, she starts leaking gets, black gets Yeah, that's all right. And then Cass gets his powers back and just fries every other monster. Which fair enough. Yeah, he goes shut your eyes. Love when yeah, angels we, do that. We see them in the background with their eyes all fried. I feel like I I, I get it. Like. But also, I feel like the the light we have shown before, like, it should be powerful enough to burn your eyes even through your closed eyelids. Like, eyelids aren't that powerful. I, th I, th I think it's more metaphysical than that. Sure, okay. That's what I choose to believe, anyway. Maybe he's just also healing them. Yeah, sure. Also, I like that there's just <laughs> diner food sitting on the on the table. That's a nice detail that they didn't have to do. Someone made that sandwich. They got some intern to make that sandwich. So true. <laughs> they just went around the table like, okay, who brought lunch today? Put, <laughs> Put your seat. lunch on the table. It's a fat <laughs> it's sandwich. It looks good. I'm hungry. It's lunchtime. Um, and then Cass, yeah, so Dean's like, we gotta go now. They go to the kid's house and... and it happened already, of course. They're too late. Sorry, Joe and Ryan and their uncle. Mm -hmm. Yep. Pepperoni, pepperoni. And then, uh, but the monsters are dead. Who did it? Demons. Gasp. Kaz lying in the scene is very funny. He's like, I burned his bones. How could, was she certain? I know. Gaslight gatekeep girl boss. Yeah. <laughs> He's so funny. He's like, I don't understand. He's like, I'm an angel. I'll look into it immediately. He says, well, internally, he's like, I gotta get out of here. Yeah, he's literally like... <laughs> Bouncing. Lying is hard. Bye, bye. Lying is hard. He doesn't have enough charge autistic. to lie. That's so true. <laughs> Be too emo. I love you. Watch Andor. Also, why you were gonna talk about autism? Oh no! Next episode. Next Because of, of okay. Cass's favorite heaven. Yeah. Oh, so true. Good, because I had a note for that. And I'm glad we're gonna get to it. Yeah. Um. Like, how did Crowley get away? 
And Bobby's mm. like, unless he meant to. Dean's like, it's Cass. And Sam's like, eh, it's probably nothing. Cut to Crowley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, really good. How many times am I going to have to clean up your messes? That's my bad Crowley impression. <laughs> it's too deep. It's too close to Cass. Yeah. I'm I'm making it. He he does have like a... Like a he does growl a lot. Like a growly voice a little bit. But yeah, it mm-hmm. is higher than that. It's hard to do that voice for me without making my voice deep. And yeah, so you call yourself an actor. It's been the call's been coming from inside the house. Mm-hmm. Um, Rachel was right. <laughs> it's true. She was right. It's also a really That's good um angle and lighting on Cass looking at Crowley. Yeah, like it's very clear this is not a surprise to him even before they speak. No. Like it's, it's really a well-directed good. episode. Mm-hmm. Some good shots. I said this episode wasn't good at the start. I'm like, I've turned around on a little bit. There's good stuff in this episode. I'm just grumpy There's about the stuff. the final boss being defeated instantly again. There's good stuff in a lot of Supernatural episodes. That doesn't necessarily mean they're good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm like, For it's example, not... many episodes have Castiel in them. It's not a bad so episode. True. It's just a fine it's, episode. Yeah. yeah, it's exactly mid. It, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Very mid. When I say things are not good, like like not good for Supernatural is like the dragon episode. <laughs> yeah. Which also did still have that fun professor. It's true. But everything else sucked. Uh Okay, that's all I got. Do we have actor facts? Yep. Um do Marshall Todd, uh the white dude from the cold open, is played by Chad Rook, who was also Deputy McLanahan in Joe Pickett, Richard Eichen in Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, Chris Muller in Siren, Clyde Martin in The Flash, and Carl in Timeless. Uh, Joe Silver, the older kid, was played by Travis Turner, who uh, was Aster in Some Assembly Required, Nils in Nils Holgerson, uh, Louis Shirasagi in Beyblade Burst, uh, Sai in Spy Kids Mission Critical, um, I wrote Hrip Hampston? That's not right. Something Hampston, a little pet shop, a world of our own. Kyle Hughes in Tobot Athlon, Swag in Tobot Galaxy Detectives, Roddy in Pup Academy, and Hot Hoof in My Little Pony, Pony Life. Uh, this was... <laughs> it turns out I know nothing about new children's shows because this was a real rabbit hole I went down being like, <laughs> wait, what are all these shows? I've never heard of any of them in my life. <laughs> but yeah, he's a kid's show voice actor. Like many Canadian voice actors, it seems. Uh-huh. Or at least most of the ones that appear on Supernatural. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the ones that I've I've like gone down beforehand were like voice actors in like the nineties and are like we're or just Ninja cameos. Dragon. We just do cameos on live action TV now. This guy's like a a current voice actor, which is less common. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, we're gonna take a break now. When we come back. We'll talk about a good episode, the man who would be king. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> So this episode, of course, was written and directed by Ben Edlin, which is why it rules yeah. so fucking much. Our recap basically reminds us of everything that happened in Season 5 and about the Civil War in Heaven and that Cass has been fighting and about the fact that souls are valuable, TM. We open with Cass sitting on a bench. Cass on a bench, nat- natural. Happy Cash on a bench Saturday. It's Sunday. It'll he talks Wednesday about how old he is. Day. Yeah. Uh, he talks about how old he is and then tells the camera that he's going to tell us his story. 
Uh, Cass appears in the Impala and checks in with Dean. He continues to act kind of suspicious about the whole Crowley situation. Uh, they both have come up with Bubkiss, Ari finding Crowley. Dusty old girlies we feast. Uh, I don't know why I wrote that. Probably because Dean is just so, so loyal. Um, then we go to Crowley's lab, where Crowley has expertly cut open Eve's corpse and is playing around in it. It's ew. Um, Crowley is mad because Cass couldn't keep Eve alive, and Crowley doesn't know how to open the gates of purgatory without her. Crowley accuses Cass of losing focus because he's been hanging around the Winchesters. Lost focus Cass and had a consensual bow- workplace relationship. <laughs> <coughs> yep. That's how Cass is going to uh, defend himself against him having his summer of love with Crowley. Uh, Cass is trying to balance both their master plan and not telling the boys about it and keeping them alive despite Crowley's best efforts. Throughout this episode, uh, we get some of Cass's narration and multiple flashbacks to older episodes and what happened immediately after Swan Song in Heaven. Here we find out that Cass, recently powered up after being brought back from Goop, is the one who pulled Sam out of the cage. Yep, it was him the whole time. But in, mm-hmm. Back in Crowley's lab, uh, Crowley begs Cass to just kill the Winchesters so it'll be easier on all of them, and when Cass obviously refuses, Crowley says he'll do it himself. Cass says an interesting thing here. Um, and we'll have to talk about it. Uh, but Cass just threatens Crowley not to harm the Winchesters. Uh, back at Bobby's house, they're torturing a demon-turned-hunter. Seems like now that Crowley can't yank the Winchesters around by their leash, he's having demons find the Alphas for him. Uh, he's trying to get- or they're trying to get the demon to tell him where Crowley is, but he doesn't know. He never deals with Crowley directly. Uh, instead, there's a middleman whose name is Allsworth, the demon version of Bobby Singer. <laughs> Literally. It's really funny. Um, Bobby and Sam try to convince Death Dean that Cass is being suspicious, but he won't hear it. All the while, Cass is behind them, invisible, listening to this entire conversation. Uh, now that Red has spilled where Allsworth is, Cass has to get rid of them, rid of the demons and Allsworth before they can tell Dean, Sam, and Bobby where Crowley is. He effortlessly smites them and then cleans the place up. Uh, when the boys arrive, they notice how weirdly clean it is. Um, in heaven, we see Cass's favorite hangout, a Tuesday afternoon uh, for an autistic man who drowned in a bathtub in the 50s. He's flying yeah. a kite. It's very peaceful. Uh, we see Rachel again, the angel who was his second in command who turned on him when she found out he was searching for purgatory. Cass tries to explain to the angels that they're free now, that they have free will, but the angels just don't get it. Uh, and then we get one of the most mental lines in this show. Uh, I wrote metal, but mental also works. <laughs> um, in Ken Lay's Heaven, which Raphael is borrowing, I don't know, ask him, not me, Raphael demands that Cass swear fealty to him so Raphael can get the apocalypse back on the road. This is where Cass declares war on Raphael and gets his ass kicked for his trouble. Back with the boys, they pray for Cass, but he doesn't show. He knew they would have questions that Cass couldn't answer. Just as the boys are about to leave, they're attacked by some demons. Cass has no choice but to reveal himself and smite the demons to save the boys. Uh, He tries to cover for himself, and then they finally reveal what they thought Cass was doing with Crowley. He manages to convince them that he isn't, until he repeats a line Bobby said earlier, which is what finally clues Dean in that he's been listening this whole time. In Crowley's lab, Cass storms in. Crowley still tries to convince Cass that he's going soft, and he can't afford to have friends, especially not friends in the Winchesters, with what they're doing. Uh, Cass threatens him and disappears. 
Now we finally get to see what brought Cass to Crowley in the first place. When Cass needed help against Raphael, he wanted to go to Dean initially, but Dean was retired and happy and couldn't stand, and Cass couldn't stand to pull him out of that. Crowley took advantage of this and offered him a business arrangement. He suggested they open up Purgatory and use the souls within to fight Raphael. All Crowley wants is half, but he's willing to lend Cass 50,000 souls to make a statement to Raphael. Oh, we also get a look at what the hell is like under new management. <laughs> Uh, Dean, it's Sam, great. and Bobby call Cass down. It's great. Uh, and they found a way to track Crowley. It's through Cass. Uh, they light up a ring of holy fire and trap him. Cass continues to deny his involvement with Crowley, but they're all unconvinced. Cass made a reference, the exact one Bobby made, so we know he's lying. Cass tries to appeal to them. He's only doing it to stop Raphael. He's doing what he thinks is right. Then demons start to swarm the house, and Cass, Cass makes them run. Crowley comes in and puts out the fire for Cass. Uh, in Bobby's house, Dean is asleep on the couch and Cass appears, not even in his dream, because the angel sigils Bobby put up on the house are not very good. Cass once again tries to appeal to Dean to insist that he's doing the right thing, Dean's not having it, and Dean says he's going to stop Cass one way or another. Of course, that's hard, given that Cass is an angel. Uh, we get a final closing monologue from Cass. We find out that this narration has been a prayer from Cass to God. He's begging for a sign that he's still doing the right thing, or that he's doing the wrong thing, then he should stop. But of course, there's no answer, so Cass has no choice but to keep on the path he's on. And then the episode ends. Sure does. Insanity. Hell yeah. Yeah. Good episode. Um, Good episode. As Good briefly episode. mentioned, uh, Cass deals monologue. It's like, it's a very different feel. Um, mm -hmm. the, the, the thing it most reminded me of is... Um, the season five finale where we get Chuck's narration mm -hmm. over what's going on. It has a similar mood. Um, also, the song that plays during some of it, I don't know if that song was also used then, but it's been used a couple times before on the show at least, and it's definitely, it's very much the like sad, emotional things are happening song in the show soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Interesting that you point out Chuck narrating. Like, this is taking over the storytelling. You know, yeah. and we have the person who's mm -hmm. writing the boy's story and Cass is trying to write his own story. Mwah. Yeah. He looks into the camera and says, let me tell you. He looks into the camera. You're not supposed to do that. Mm -hmm. He says, let me tell you my story. Let me tell you everything. Yeah. When episodes are about storytelling. So true. Grips my nails into my thighs and goes this episode, This episode is also like really well directed. Shout outs to Ben Edlund. Man had a vision. Ben the king. Man had a vision and uh, uh, sold it. the The shot of the camera sliding right um, with uh, the storm in the background, like uh, as it transitions to him seeing like life come out of the ocean, is really good. Uh, don't step on that fish, Castiel. Fish. Which is fascinating, the idea that angels watched evolution happen, like, both of those things are true. Mwah. This is oh, a way yes. that a lot of um, Christians square uh, evolution with um, uh, intelligent design. It's like, evolution is how intelligent design manifested itself over a vast time scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, the historical, or not historical footage, the uh, the footage of old movies used uh, is fun. Mm -hmm. Like stock footage mm -hmm. of like silent film era um, movies for like uh, Tower of Babel, Sodom and Gomorrah, Cain and Abel, of like two cavemen fighting for Cain and Abel. Mm -hmm. 
I really like the way that. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, the way that Cass talks about the Tower of Bavel, and he says all thirty-seven feet of it, which is just yeah. you know funny. Um, and he says when it fell, they howled divine wrath. But come on, dry dunk can only be stacked so high. Like that's definitely yeah. saying something about the way that like, um, divine plans and just natural cause and effects are like tangled up. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard to differentiate what had to go that way because God said it would happen that way or the way it had to go that way because the law of gravity exists. And specifically like dried dung, like as something that's so like literally of the earth um, and the, the cause and effects. And they, they decided that it was because God was punishing them. I mean, I guess the languages thing would definitely be, we don't have anything like yeah. There's no statement made here in Cass's speech about the language punishment. It's just about the tower falling and how they decided they were scared that God was angry. But he's like, come on, let's be realistic here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not everything mm-hmm. is from God. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> Sodom and Gomorrah was, though. That's the, that's the implication anyway. They sent the gay angel to Sodom and Gomorrah. That's true. Mm. Also, it's very funny seeing. I uh, I know we're going to get Cain and Abel, or at least one of them. Um, and it is very funny seeing them as as cavemen here. I'm curious <laughs> mm-hmm. how we're going to see them as in the future, because presumably it's not going to be cavemen. Have we have we spoiled that? What do you know learned... about this? You you've just mentioned that they're going to be in the show, and that one of them isn't. We going mentioned to be. that they have cast Cain, but not Abel. Yeah. Okay. You did, by the way, Emma, not me. Okay. But we we know about Cain and Abel's <laughs> uh, relationship to Dean and Sam, right? We, that was a season four thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in that case, I love the fact that Cass was there to see the original brother fight and then was there to stop the apocalyptic one. He's been there all along. Mm-hmm. So why can't you see me? Um, he says, I remember the most remarkable event. Remarkable because it never came to pass. It was averted by two boys, an old drunk and a fallen angel. Yeah. Them. Yeah. That's them. An old drunk. Team free will. Yeah. Sad face. Mm-hmm. The problem with giving an angel free will is that they never know what to do with it. And even when they do figure out what to do with it, they never know if they're doing the right thing. Yeah. Yep. The idea that even with free will, there's still a right thing that you're supposed to be freely choosing. Like, mm-hmm. Cass is not immune to the same problem that he's decrying in the other angels. They're like, he's like, please tell me that I'm doing the right thing, that I've made the right choice. Like, that's not what choices are, though. Mm-hmm. I mean... Choices come with consequences. I, there's a better I... choice. But the idea that there's a right choice is still left over from his previous instructions. Right. Mm-hmm. He says, what if I've made the wrong choice? How am I supposed to know? He wants that that instruction. Yeah, it's very good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get that more later too, with the um the angels being like, "Well, how do we use our freedom? What do we do?" Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like Cass thinks that he's special, or at least is trying to be different. But he yeah, because he's he been interacting with the boys. Same problem. Mm-hmm. He knows what free will looks like. Yeah, he just doesn't. He knows yeah. what choices are. But he still doesn't. He doesn't trust himself enough to make those choices. Yeah, he's not comfortable with it. Yeah. 
he sees the the sureness and the confidence that Demon, Dean and Sam do with everything that they do, but he doesn't like feel that confidence when he does things. He's very tentative. He's not a um, as you say. He has doubts. Uh, Autistic Castiel, understanding so theoretically how things should work and seeing how everyone else does things and still not being able to fully like internalize it or understand how it works like intrinsically. Mm-hmm. He can mimic it. He can mimic free will. But he doesn't get um, it fully. Yeah. Yeah. He's learning, but it, there's still there's still some uh, disconnect. Autism. Cast girlies, we, we're feasting. That transitions well to his favorite heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, he says that uh, there isn't one heaven. Each soul has its own paradise crafted around it. Um, and he favors the heaven of an autistic man, which is a particular Tuesday afternoon. Yep. Like, in a mm-hmm. field. The man whose heaven this is flying is flying a kite. kite and does not respond to Cass being there. Mm-hmm. He's just vibing. I don't know if the show's trying to say anything with this, but I do like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I... I, yeah... The the show doesn't dwell on it, which I'm thankful for because yeah. I think if they had, it would have been really bad. But I do love it from an autism, an autistic cast standpoint, yeah. and also just like also just Cass acknowledging peace. It's also just acknowledging that autistic people exist. Yeah, yeah. In like a way that is just like is they don't use this character for anything. It's just like yeah, this is just this is just who this person was. Yeah. Yep, there is a person and he is autistic. Yeah, He's I'm, a nice, I'm, quiet, I'm peaceful heaven that yeah. only has one person in it. Well, that's all. All of them only have one people in it because heaven is hell and is like solitary confinement for the rest of existence. <laughs> but this place is all right, I guess. Well, hold on. When we've heard about heaven in Dark Side of the Moon, I guess heavens were also Some heavens were still solitary most of Some the time. Some soulmates get to share. Right. Mm-hmm. But nobody could even see each other unless they figured out the back door. Yeah. Right. That's why so. in that episode I was like, "This is a nightmare." Right. Right. <laughs> Um, but that that's jumping ahead a bit. I just wanted to segue to it because I saw a delicious, delicious mm-hmm. segue. Mm-hmm. Um, Wyatt cannot resist a segue. Yeah. <laughs> so I think our first scene, like chronologically, after his like little narration thing, is him showing up with Dean in the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just popping in to visit. He misses him. Yep. He's like, "Hi, how's things?" He needs he he tells Crowley that he wants to know how much they know. He just needs his little fix. Also, he's allowed to miss them. Those are his friends. Literally. I just wanted to check in. Uh, Sam is off fighting a, a djinn. He should know by now. Or wait, was Sam actually doing that? I thought that was a lie. Oh, he actually. You know, you're right. That probably now. is a lie. Cause there, yeah, there's no hunt going on. They were using it as a friend. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yep. yep. Um. Yeah, it's sad. Dean's mm-hmm. lying to his bud because he is willing to go along with his friends, not trusting him, even though he wants to be loyal. Mm-hmm. Also, you think at this point, Cass would get that showing up next to someone and startling them while they're driving a car moving at high speed is not the best decision to make. It's fine. He could heal him. It's fine. Yeah, nothing bad has happened yet. I guess that's true. Dean only died in a car crash one time. Like, what's the big deal? Yeah, exactly. And he got better. That's true. He did get better. I have bruh followed by gay. Thanks, Pastor. Um, I mean, it's, <laughs> Is that it's about torture, Crowley? It's torture dungeon time. Probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. So Crowley is using Eve's brain to torture this captured monster, um, vampire. And Cass says, what is that good for? And Crowley says, apart from the obvious erotic value, you got me. <sighs> Thanks, Crowley. 
Yeah, thanks for that. He's such a little freak. Anyway, he accuses Cass of being distracted um, and of basically having having a crush like there's no other there's no way around it like that this is how you're supposed to read the scene is like he's too obsessed with dean to focus on his um business with carly but like is it a business relationship you know mm-hmm. i thought we agreed no more nights out with the boys okay that stench of that impala is all over your trench coat like hello <laughs> that is the joke that they're making yes mm-hmm he calls it Cass's conflict of interest. Cass says Crowley had a point. Yeah. Cass admits that his interest was con- conflict. Yep. Yeah. He says yeah. he considered himself the Winchester's guardian. Wow. He's their guardian yeah. angel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love how Crowley calls them denim wrapped nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He says he's the only one who doesn't <clears throat> underestimate them and lists off like every other mm-hmm. bad guy we've had yeah. so far. Which is <laughs> yeah. Am I the only game piece on the board who doesn't underestimate? Yeah. Yeah, still says, just find purgatory. If you don't, we will both die again and again until the end of time. I... What the fuck does that mean, Castiel? Well, Michael and Lucifer will do bad things. Yeah, I... I yeah. If if the angels win and let Michael and Lucifer out, uh, they're gonna be on the chopping block. Oh, like, like eternal execution type deal. Mm-hmm. Ah. Prometheus on the tree. That tracks. Mm-hmm. That tracks. Yeah, I, I've, I've seen this episode a couple of times, but this is the first time I've ever, like, close-watched it, and I was like, that line is insane. But, you're, yeah, that but makes no, sense. But no, I'm I mean, sure we should listen to the Winchesters. They have the right idea about things here. <laughs> they know what to do. Uh-huh. Michael being as wrathful as Lucifer in Cass's mind is really interesting with hell with heaven supposed to be you know the place of mercy mm-hmm. it's interesting that they're being fully equated michael is the warrior of god yep but then of course you have Raphael, who is also gung-ho about yep. the whole killing and fighting and bleeding and shit fighting and violence um crowley's like i'll tear their hearts out ah yeah, I love Crowley. He just yells. Yep. He's so little, but he's just yelling all the time. Yep. Little guy energy. He just, he's got chihuahua. Yep. He's got a chihuahua. He's more like, like a bulldog, like a little bulldog. You know what? You're so right. He's just a little English bulldog. He's he's like stocky, but he's little. Yeah, like he could bite you, but mostly he's just round. <laughs> I love, I love it. <laughs> Infantilizing Crowley is my pastime. <laughs> Um, cut to more torture. Yeah. Plenty of, plenty of torture in this episode. Um, this hunter and then Ellsworth later, I like that demons are, like, learning how to be hunters. Yeah, it's uh-huh, fun. it's cool. Nice little blurry lines. Um, before we- Know thy enemy. Before we have the, um, demon being tortured, um, we see Cass deciding- Nope, sorry. We see Cass rescuing... Well, we didn't see him. We hear Cass saying that he rescued Sam from the cage. Um, he said he was so full mm-hmm. of a mission, which is delicious because he assigned himself that mission. Um, mm-hmm. This is Then we see Sam standing in front of says, Lisa's house. Um, the light over... The streetlight over his head turns off. Um, and, like, he looks into the window to see Dean, like, hanging out with Lisa and Ben. And um, Dean has a light on over his head. Yummy. Uh, Cass refers to uh, trying to get Sam out of hell as arrogance and hubris, both of which are very human flaws. Mm-hmm. Ugh. 
And then at the end when he calls it a tragedy, oh, mwah, a tragedy from we the feast. human perspective specifically. Yeah. God, this is such a good episode. Oh, I forgot to mention earlier. It's interesting to me that he calls himself a fallen angel when he isn't yeah. really that. But that's how he thinks of himself. He's an angel, but he's no longer loyal. So, like, by definition, he's kind of fallen. Yeah. He's fallen not in the way that Lucifer is, but he's fallen yeah. from the, the fold. Yeah. Presumably because even the archangels don't have the power to just clip his wings. I mean, because even God didn't make Lucifer into not an angel. He just mm -hmm. locked him up. God, when this show hits, it hits. Um, and then we get um, the, like, I really love the way we see Cass in the background overhearing these conversations. Yeah, he's just a spooky little guy. He's just standing there. HBO natural. We get a perfect strangers reference. Bul bulky Bartacomus. Bulky Bartacomus. Cricket noises. <laughs> oh, I don't know who this is either. I'm just saying that's the... That's the thing oh, that Dean okay. said. Dean, Dean calls... I'm glad we're all yeah, confused. Dean calls then. Cass the that guy of heaven. No. I mean, I, assume he, I assume he's fail cringe. I googled him and he's like... He, it looks like he's like a well-meaning uh, schmuck. Aw. Uh, I love a well-meaning schmuck. Um, born and raised on the fictional Greek-like island of Mypos, where he did a living as a shepherd and dreamed of a better life in the USA. He's naive, optimistic, and well-meaning... Uh, Pinchot once said of his character, he looks at the world like a four-year-old and sees the world as benevolent. Again, with the with the child. Mm -hmm. Um, and how you, you know what? This is cast to a T. Uh, the trait the, the, the traits, along with his ignorance of American culture, sometimes get him into difficult or dangerous situations. With his cousin coming to his rescue, however, his cousin soon realizes that for all his naivete and cultural malapropisms, he is otherwise very intelligent and courageous and a man of many talents. There's a quote from Misha at some point. Um, actually, I have it open here. Um, at VanCon in 2014, Misha said, I think Cass would approach the birthday party of a nine-year-old girl with the same intensity as apocalyptic events. The thing about Cass is that he doesn't really have a barometer in the same way. To him, everything is important. Which is a really sweet quote That's about so him, and I like it. Mm -hmm. Everything is important. Everything has purpose. Sad. Uh, they are all God's creations. Um. Castillo went loco. Anything about this conversation we want to talk about? Um. I love how Red calls Bobby a redneck. Yeah. Also, Bobby uh -huh. to Red says, "I don't know whether to kill you or kiss you." Um. And Sam just get, like looks, but nobody comments. Bobby is literally bisexual at this point. I don't know what else to tell you. So true. <sighs> Red goes, oh, please, kill me. You're in denial. <laughs> Bobby will see a demon and be like, is anyone going to flirt with him? And not wait for an answer. When they're, they they talk about, oh. So they talk, is it, yeah, I'm just thinking, because they talk about Superman going to the dark side, and later Castiel quotes this back at them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I think that's interesting. I think Cass did it by accident. Yeah, yeah he forgot that he, he hasn't, been hanging out with them to their knowledge like yeah. he's like yeah and i can do a silly little callback and make my friends laugh i can understand a reference or, or i can so do a, i me. can make a yeah yeah i can make a pop culture reference 
Um, I am one of the boys. He, but unfortunately, <laughs> it's just the wrong pop culture reference. In the flashbacks, we learned that a thing he said once was him repeating a thing that Crowley said, wasn't it? Probably. I don't know. I didn't write this down. That that uh, sounds familiar. Both Eve and Crowley refer to purgatory as an untapped oil well, but I don't think that's what you're talking about. No. I noted that one because I was interested in the like specifically like this very American show referring to untapped oil. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, let's go invade this new place to make use of its uh, resources. I'm sorry, I don't know where. Power. I should have written it down. That's okay, Wyatt. I forgive you. <laughs> I feel like he does. It's entirely possible. I feel like he does it. I, I, my, my point is that he likes to repeat things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's... His downfall. He's just trying to fit in. Mm-hmm. Also, Dean calls Sam Lois Lane. Dean... Literally, Sam's what was that about? Same, same exact thing as, like... Sam wears women's underwear. Like, what was that about if not deflection? Yeah. Like, you you are you are Cass's bestie. If anyone this is here one is one episode like, after, mm -hmm. it's not like the guy lives in my ass. Literally. It's insane. And, th and they had the gall to call us crazy. Yeah, if you didn't want us to think that they were in love, why did you write them like this for years? Mm-hmm. Like, surely you know. You should know better. Or at least have the... I mean, they had the chutzpah to do it and then <laughs> gaslight us. Mm -hmm. God, sure. I can't think of it. I, can't I mean, the actual, again, to be, to, to, to look at this without blinders on, the joke that they're making, as per usual, is Dean going, not it. Uh -huh. Dean sees yeah. the elephant in the room and speaks it aloud, but plants it on someone else. Yes, because Dean has issues. Um, I found a quote. It's not yet. Um, it's about a season eight character, but, um, this quote is Ben Edlin talking about the dynamic that Dean has with this character. And he says, well, that's the weird thing is that it reads in this weird way where it does feel like Dean's a little bit like, it's almost like a romantic comedy kind of cluster, which is very interesting for the character Dean, like, because it just sort of suggests this weird, this potential and, um, is this Phil Screeshaw, maybe? It suggests this Phil and the, the source I'm looking at says this potential for love in all places. And Ben says, oh, this character and Dean, they could come together. He's had a rough life. He's a hard character to, you know, to settle down with. Okay. Ben Edlund, literally bisexual please, Dean Please Truther. tell me who this is about. Literally. Interesting. Who is this about, Emma? It's about DM a Ben Edlund original character that shows up in season eight. Okay, I have a guess. I can't wait for the tick to show oh up in Supernatural. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm so excited for this. Anyway, um, yeah, Ben Edlin knows bisexuals exist, is my that point here. That me. No, Ben Edlin King. I swear this construction is getting louder. I can hear it. It is coming over your microphone on Discord. Yeah, it's not showing up a lot in the waveform. Oh. It's like a teeny little bump, but it is concerning. I just try not to talk while they're doing it. Anyway, Ben Edlin, we stand. Mr. Ed you can't... <sighs> What? I'm just thinking about that episode, and... <sighs> okay, well, hold off, because we have another, like, entire season and a half to get through first. I know, I know. I'm just thinking about it. I'm just... It's insane. Yeah. It's insanity-inducing. Anyway. Anyway, in this episode... <laughs> <laughs> he 
He's our mm. friend. He's our friend. And Sam goes, Sam goes, look, Dean, he's our friend too, okay? Yeah, I, I think something might be different here, though. What's different? What's the difference? Mm. Why is Dean so loyal? Why is Dean's relationship with, Ka with Cass different than Sam's relationship with Cass? What's the difference? I thought they mm -hmm. were both friends. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He is just his bestie, super special bestie friend. Mm -hmm. His bestest bud. The one that left a permanent mark on his skin and his soul. <laughs> Just normal, normal buddy things. Yeah. Um, then Cass says, The worst part was Dean trying so hard to be loyal with every instinct telling him otherwise. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I bet you would say that was the worst part, wouldn't you, Cass? Mm -hmm. That's what I thought you'd say, gay boy. Um. Why, was, why was the worst part Dean? Why was that? Hmm. Hmm. Sorry, I just... It's almost like you're having an affair with a demon. It's um, literally, it's an affair. It's an affair. This episode is an affair. Can't wait until the divorce arc. I was just going to say, I got slightly distracted um, because I just That's learned... Okay. we're not talking about anything. I just learned that last month, uh, Jenny Klein and Ben Edlund got married. What? Uh, to each other? There's this... Yeah. Oh. Um, and there's a very cute... Uh, picture of uh, them and Eric Kripke and Misha Collins at the wedding. Cute. Aww. <laughs> How so did you two meet? Oh, you know, the supernatural writer's room. Aww. <laughs> uh -huh. He looks so literally. They he looks so distinguished with his hair slicked back. So true. Yeah, it is very funny. <laughs> literally, they like the supernatural casting crew does everything together. <laughs> When you work on a show for 15 years together, you know? I know, and then they go on to do more shows together. Yeah, Rob Benedict there. I think that's, um... Oh god, what's her name? It's Connell, I just said. Yep. Oh, sorry, I didn't hear you. It's okay. Wild. Anyway, sorry, where were we? Um, the worst part. Then we see... Okay, my next note is on, um, Ellsworth. Yeah, yeah, um... Hysterically funny for there to just be. What if Bobby was a demon though? What if Bobby was like kind it's... of skinnier, and that's it? Like he yeah. dresses the same as Bobby. He has the same like background set going on as Bobby. Literally. He's pretending to be an he FBI agent. He has the same agent. phone set up. He's got a the same hat basically. Yeah, he has the same phone set up. They just plagiarized from Bobby. Yeah. This, they were this... like, okay, who's the most effective hunter we know? Surely it would be Sam and Dean Winchester. No, those guys are stupid. This demon looked up a steal his luck, uh, Bobby Singer. <laughs> so true. Yeah, I love him. Um, demon saying that Sam and Dean show up is what happens next. Yeah. They pull, they pull in a body and he says, hey, 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 no, not in here, you friggin' yeti. <laughs> And then Gastiel just does like a like double takedown on them, like he's a video game character. Uh -huh. He's, so like he's cool. Adam this Jensen. This is in all of the. He smites him. This is all hands. in all of the BAMF Castiel AMVs. Of course it is. He's my bestest friend, and he kills people two hands at a time. So true. Double fisting the back. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a it's a well done stunt. Shout out to these stunt actors. Uh -huh. Yeah, the the whole fight scene looks really good. It's not it's not really a fight scene. They drop like instantly, but okay, yeah, it's good. It's, it's a, a good, it's a good cast a, owning the fuck out yeah, of these extras. The blocking is good. Uh 
Uh-huh. I like the zoom in on his face as he goes down on one knee, like annihilating He's so the brains. Cool. Yeah. He's so real, cool. real uh, hero cast. shot. I want to watch the cast show. What are we doing with these these normal dudes? Literally, I want cast all day. Every Imagine day. the world every where cast gets an angel check. style spinoff. Oh, good lord. The problem is it wouldn't be good. It would just have cast no. in it, so I would have to watch it. God. Can't wait until uh, Jensen brings Cass into the Winchesters. He better kiss a man with tongue, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Jensen, if you don't acknowledge Cass's homosexuality, you're a homophobe. If we can get Misha to, to pressure him into it, maybe it will work. <laughs> Misha, you gotta um, make up for the bisexuality. Kiss a man right yep. now. This is this is how you make up make it up to the LGBT community. <laughs> The problem is, is they if couldn't. Truly they couldn't do a cast spinoff Angel style show unless he and Dean broke up. Well, they'd have to get together first, so it would be worth it. Uh huh. Maybe oh, this God. episode was the spinoff where they've broken up. He's cheating on him. Oh, I guess spoilers for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought I thought you just meant because they're fucking joined at the hip. No, because Angel leaves the show after. After I didn't, they break off. Oh my god, Angel and Buffy broke up? Yes. He's not in the show anymore after that. Did you think that Angel... Did you, I don't know. Did you it, think that Buffy no, and Spike knocked a house down while she was with Angel? <laughs> oh my god, I forgot that they fucked down a house. No, I was making a reference to... Uh, Later. In the beginning. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, uh, Cass kills a fake Bobby. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Fake Bobby. And then cleans the whole place up. Mm-hmm. Fucking Hannibal-like efficiency. Do you think he just snapped his fingers, or do you think he, like, did it by hand? I feel like he had to have snapped his fingers, just because I don't think Cass knows how to use a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> they said it was, like, suspiciously clean, not just like, oh, yeah. somebody cleaned it. Mm-hmm. They said Mr. Clean Clean. Yep. I love that that's the thing that, like, <laughs> makes Castiel suspicious. Is like, who do we know? Yeah, who could clean up this efficiently? Um, then we see Rachel. And we're, we're back in heaven, right? This is where we find out Cass's mm-hmm. preferred heaven. Um, and Rachel says, you're alive. Mm-hmm. We saw Lucifer destroy you. Yep. Um, Cass is like, yeah, well, I'm back and they're gone. Um, God brought you back. He chose you, Cass. Interesting that she calls him Cass. Like, that's a nickname. Angels don't do that. I mean, other angels have already called him Cass. I just but she's like a normie. The only one's like Balthazar. She's like a normie yeah. angel. So it is weird that she calls him Cass, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is where um, we see the other angels being like, what, what do we do with freedom? What does God want us to do? Um... And Cass says, it's simple. Wait, can we, can we get Wyatt voice in on this? Mm-hmm. He says, if I knew then what I know now, I might have said, it's simple. Freedom is a length of rope. God wants you to hang yourself with it. <laughs> oh, buddy. Mm-hmm. Buddy. He's having a bad time. When you try your best, but you don't succeed. Yeah, Cass is, like, struggling the hell out of it over here, and the Winchesters are like, oh, but he didn't tell me about it. Guys, you weren't listening! You were like, why aren't you helping me with my problems while you fight a civil war? And then he's like, actually, I have been doing things that you don't know about. And they're like, oh, you didn't tell me about these things! 
I'm gonna kill you. To be fair, those things those things happen to be working with the King of Hell to uh-huh. crack open a monster. Well, he yeah. wasn't so. getting help from the Winchesters. He needed help. Most of that is because he didn't want to pull Dean out of his um, lavender marriage. Yeah. yeah. Well, he saw Dean being heterosexual and got depressed and turned to Crowley. No. <laughs> he had a moment of weakness. <laughs> Get a case of the Mondays. Uh, he says explaining freedom to angels is a bit like teaching poetry to fish. Yeah, also one of Great my favorite line. lines. I love That's it. a very Ben Edlin so line. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then we get Raphael sitting like a king with his like crystal glass of whiskey on his like big fancy chair. Yeah. This heaven And Ken Lay's is yeah, heaven. Yes. Ken Lay's Ken Lay is was uh, an American businessman, founder, CEO, and chairman of Enron, which had a major accounting scandal. Um, yep. And he was found guilty of 10 counts of securities fraud, uh, which is why Cass is like, I don't know if this guy should be in heaven. Um, oh, I figured he was just a Republican. Well, that too. <laughs> and uh, He does have a picture of Bush Jr. on the yeah, wall. Yeah, and like a fighter jet. Um, and Raphael says he's devout, Trump's everything. Um, which is, he was yeah, ranked as the... He was ranked as the third worst businessman of all time. Fascinating. Yeah, I mean, what they're doing here is... Cass is like, you would let a cringe fail into heaven? (laughs) What they're doing here is, like, A, playing with the, like, war over resources metaphor that they're doing now with um, heaven, and also the, like, like, evil businessman angle that that they have been doing this whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also of course the the hypocrisy slash like pointing out uh, in such an interesting way the way this show balances its like critique of Christianity so carefully because of the fact that like God isn't here is very interesting. It's like the implication seems to be that like oh it's because the angels are in charge that this decision was made because no one else is around to make it. And it's like, oh yeah, devoutness is all that matters. Whereas like Castiel, the good boy, is is being framed as like, well, is this really what would have happened? Like, I'm doubting your the decision that you made or that someone else made mm-hmm. that like was not God. Uh, Raphael said, let's see, what is, let me scroll down a little bit. Uh um, he says, Raphael, no, the apocalypse doesn't have to be fought. Raphael says, of course it does, it's God's will. Yep. And Cass says, how can you say that? And Raphael says, because it's what I want. Yeah. yeah. Which is so interesting. God's will is what I want. Exactly. Now, because he's not here to tell me otherwise. Yep. Yeah, he's like, prove me wrong. He sees himself as God, as de facto God, because God left the building. Yeah, he goes fully mask off. It's interesting. Uh-huh. Um, also interesting is the way he says... Um, devout trumps everything, and then immediately says that Cass should pledge allegiance to the flag, which is allegiance to him. Like, really mm-hmm. tying in these American, the, the specifically, like, American nationalism, uh, patriotism, religion, all of it is, like, a, a knot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um... Where are we? What's next? Then we go back to the boys, and Dean says, this is the part mm-hmm. where we would call Cass. Always thinking about Cass, aren't you, Dean? So true. 
about why it's like I'm so fucking sick and tired of hearing about Destiny. <laughs> this fucking podcast. You're watching the Dusty L show. Uh huh. With the Dusty L people. Um. Okay. Uh, also, him getting his ass kicked. It's really good. He says, "I'm not ashamed to say my big brother kicked me into next week." Yeah. This is this is this is a fun um uh re reframing things because like. We thought that they were, like, fighting kind of on even levels in the background this whole time. Like, that's the implication mm -hmm. that Kaz gives. It's neat seeing this from his perspective, being like, no, I got my ass kicked, so that's why I had to go to Crowley. Mm -hmm. The only time they were ever on equal footing is when Crowley lent him souls. Yeah, like, no, like, probably, like, he's got some angels on his side. It seems like Rachel mm -hmm. decided to follow him, but, like, the angels aren't rah-rah on his side to go freedom, really. Like, mm -hmm. some of them are willing to listen to him because, like, God chose him or whatever because he came back. But it seems like he's outnumbered. Yeah. Cass is yeah, like, given, given in the majority here. He's fighting a losing battle based on ideology alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, given the quote-unquote choice of choice or no choice, angels love choosing no choice. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah. They're like, yeah, let's Raphael's... go back to the way things were supposed to be when we knew what to do. Yep. Which also, going back to the way things were supposed to be, the conservative framing of, of Raphael, like, mm -hmm. that all works. Mm -hmm. Raphael is not looking to change anything. He's looking to, to go back to the good old days. Mm -hmm. Imagine if the show had an election arc in heaven. Christ. The boys gotta go around getting angels to vote for Castiel. Cass <laughs> <sighs> going around kissing heaven's babies. <laughs> so true. That's what he does to Jack. Uh, Cass Aww. says, like, Crowley's in his very best. Um, I could could reveal myself and smite the demons. Of course, Crowley wouldn't like it. But on the other hand, they were my friends. They're my friends. He decided to betray Crowley for friends. the sake of Dean. Yep. And the others, I guess. <laughs> Shows up to save them. He immediately goes to save Dean first, though. So I'm not even reaching yep. here. Oh, yeah. We also get a cool, like, time stop thing as Bobby gets thrown through, mm -hmm. like, a glass door. Mm-hmm. It's really Yeah, good. like, as, as Cass ponders... Book. Whether or not to intervene, we get, like, freeze frames. Yeah. I love angels pondering whether or not to intervene. <laughs> this is when he lies. Yep. Lying for fun and for profit. He's like, you thought what? For a brief moment, I was me again. Oh, buddy. Yeah. Also, I like the that Bobby gets... He doesn't want to be this person yeah. fighting the Civil War. He doesn't want yeah. to be the general anymore bobby gets thrown get and through a glass door and then just gets up he puts his hat back on without yeah. even checking for glass bobby uh-huh yeah yeah and then they all like apologize to him and he's like i can't believe you would think that of me <laughs> literally like <laughs> bestie you're not making this better. He's so funny. He's like, they were all so mad at me. And for what? Well, you lied to their faces, Castiel. <laughs> anyway, this is where he makes the Superman comment. Um, he's uh -huh. like, it is a little ridiculous. Superman going dark side. And all of them just immediately go like, hmm. But the focus on Dean's face. You get to it's watch specifically the entire... Dean being betrayed here. Yeah, the five stages of grief as Dean finally, like, has the proof that he needed. Yeah, he can't avoid it anymore. He can't deny that Cass is betraying them. Like, clearly Cass has uh -huh. been doing some shady things. 
and it breaks his little heart. I said this in the yeah. I said this in the chat last night, but Dean is slightly suspicious of someone he cares about. Someone he cares about acts slightly out of character. Dean, who are you and what have you done with this someone I care about? Yeah. That's Cass we're talking about. How could Cass do that? Uh-huh. How could Cass work with Crowley? Mm-hmm. He hates demons. He's an angel. And we hate Crowley specifically, so how could he do this to me specifically? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I do love the melodrama. Yep, that's that's the show. It's literally like, Dean, not everything is so, about you, except of course it is. Yep. Yep. This, it's difficult not to develop main character syndrome when you literally, literally are, are the, the main, main character. character. <laughs> this scene is so rough. Yeah. Like, him lying to them, and them mm-hmm. being like, we never should have doubted you, but then, like, he says the thing, uh, and then they, like, Dean's face, uh. uh yeah, no, it's, it's, uh. It's really good. It is good. delicious intrigue. Delicious. He goes back to Crowley, and uh, Crowley's like, you kill my hunters, why can't I kill yours? Yeah. They're my friends. You can't have friends, not anymore. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and Crowley calls him on, he says what this is actually about is that the Winchesters still buy the big lie, the good cast, the righteous cast, and as long as they still believe it, you get to believe it. Whoo! righteous Ooh. Cass wants to be righteous and the winchesters think that he is because they don't know all this stuff that he's doing um and then crowley says a whore is a whore is a whore <clears throat> who's whore yep. who's whore is Cass being right now the winchester's whore interesting mm. interesting i'm gonna write this down like what <laughs> or is he saying he's he's crowley's whore like what is the implication here he's whoring around he's whoring himself out mm-hmm. And obviously it's just because Crowley is an asshole, but still. But Cass gets really mad about that. He does get really mad. Slams him into a wall. I love it when supernatural beings fight. I love it when supernatural beings fight in, like, environments because they can just shove each other through, like, through walls and shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Same thing with, with supernatural beings having sex. It's a handshake. Also, specifically, like, Cass pushing Crowley up against the wall, the same way that he pushed Dean up against the wall in season five. Mm-hmm. The linoleum cracks. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> and then Crowley goes, this is not how synergy works. He's so funny. Yeah. Always has to get the last word. He's so dramatic. Then, um, then we see Cass watching Dean, deciding not to interrupt him from his retired heterosexual life. Um... He's he's watching him rake leaves, and specifically raking leaves got me. I was saying about this last night. Like, raking leaves is something that is, like, inextricably um, associated with property management, property ownership in this mm-hmm. case. And, like, you don't rake leaves for your motel. Um, like, Dean has a home yeah. now that Cass doesn't want to drag him out of. Miserable. Yeah. Miserable. Fighting and crying. Yeah. And he didn't even want to be there, and Cass doesn't know that. Like, if Cass had been like, hey, Dean, I need your help, he'd be like, oh, finally, I can abandon this pretended lifestyle, and I can go back to being a hunter the way I want to be, or think that I can't to be anything but. And then he wouldn't have had to ask Crowley, and this whole season would have been avoided. But no, Cass cared too much about Dean's happiness. He has this weakness. He likes you. Literally, all of Supernatural is about Cass being gay. 
So true. Um, and then Crowley appears and takes advantage of Cass's gay loneliness. Yeah, that sure is what happened. He calls Cass the Angel of Thursday. Yep. It's not your day, is it? Cass is like, what are you doing here? He says, I want to help you help me help ourselves. <laughs> and Cass goes, speak plain. He's like, shut the fuck up and tell me what you're actually here for. Um, I want to discuss a simple business transaction, that's all. You want to make a deal with me? I'm an angel, you ass. You ass. I don't have a soul to sell. I love him so yeah. much. He's so funny. He's gotten he's gotten a little okay. little snarky uh, since mm -hmm. since the boys have taught him how to talk to people. He's mm -hmm. developed an attitude. Mm-hmm. Crowley makes another little innuendo. Mm -hmm. Happy endings for all of us, with all possible entendres intended. That is Crowley is literally propositioning Cass. Yeah, he's like, hey, you want to go have? He is literally after this? like, haha, J.K. and Les. Yep. And then later, Crowley says the cast has sex appeal, which is objectively true. Cass goes, thank you, get to the point. <laughs> I love him. He's such an He's asshole. He's so not interested. He fucking hates this yeah. guy. He's having the worst oh. affair in the world. Crowley has also uh, read Kafka, apparently. <laughs> Hell has been made. Crowley understands the crushing yep. gears of capitalism. The torture is now boredom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the previous torture was stimulation, albeit mm -hmm. negative stimulation, but he also mentioned that, like, yeah, you suffered pain long enough and it turns you into a masochist. Mm -hmm. Everyone here is Hellraiser. Sickos. But now they're just waiting in line. I like the horrible, um, like, uh, uh, ununderstandable, like, rambling, like, distant microphone like speaker monologue mixed with um mm -hmm. what's that what's that space dance song the ballet through space that is always da, 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 that that's used in that 2001 one. a space odyssey and has been used in everything um, like ripping that off since space it sounds like elevator music song. is i think the intent of the scene um da, na, 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 the blue didn't. Thank you. That's not elevator music. It gets exciting. Not in this scene. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, the first part of it is very quiet. Yes, I think the thing is, I think they're replaying the first like little bit of the song over and over again, and not actually letting it get to the like. Just like Jason Mendoza's version of Hell, where he was like, "I think I'll be at a concert." And the bass will never drop. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. true. The, literally my own version of Hell. Sometimes I'll be listening to a dubstep remix, and I'll be sitting there, and I'll be waiting, and I'll be waiting. And I'm like, okay, surely this is going to be the drop. And then it keeps going, and I'm like, where's the fucking drop? Yeah, so now imagine that, but also you're standing in line forever. God, I, I would kill people. I would, I would go absolutely monkey. I can barely keep myself under control on normal circumstances. <laughs> and then, um, you know, they talk about the plan, which I covered in the synopsis. But then uh, Crowley says, everything you've worked for, everything that Sam and Dean have worked for, gone. You can save us, Castiel. God chose you yeah, to save us. Yeah, he's such us. a manipulative little deep dick. deep down, you know that. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, mwah, mwah. Delicious. Yeah. Yeah. 
Cass says, you're asking me to be the next Lucifer. Next and Crowley Lucifer. says, you love God. God loves you. He brought you back. Um, Lucifer's whole thing was that he loved God too. But specifically, God loves Cass back. God loves you. Mm-hmm. occurred to you that maybe he did this so you could be the new sheriff upstairs. Oh, that's Which it. great because Dean said that. That's exactly Dean what said Dean said. Yes. Wild. That's the thing. So he doesn't, Cass never says that himself. It's Dean who says it. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. but I think in that scene he does yeah. say like something along the same lines as what Dean said. I'm trying to remember if it's that he scene or if he says Dean. it later. Let me find this one song transcript. Is it is it in Swan Song or is it the next time they see him? Which no, would, I think I guess, it's the last in... scene of Swan Song because okay. six one is yeah. already exile on Main Street. Dean's not in the picture. Right. Yeah, Cass says, with Michael in the cage, I'm sure it's total anarchy up there. Dean says, so what, you're the new sheriff in town? And Cass says, I like that. Yeah, I suppose I am. Um, And I think probably at one other point he says something similar to that. But not in this episode. Or not in Swan Song, I mean. All right, fine, fair enough. Um... (laughs) Still craziness inducing. Um... Oh, yeah, Crowley phrasing this like a loan. Yeah, no, I love it. Cass has a type, and it's people who will want to put him in a cowboy hat. So true. <laughs> it's like 50 large, 50,000 souls in the pit. You can take them up to heaven, make quite a showing. Which is so interesting. Yeah. Like, we need to talk about this for yeah. a second. Like, it, the idea of it... Like, the souls obviously aren't consumed. Yeah. But it's just having them Cass... is power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the the way Crowley is framing it as Cass has saved these people. Yep. They are going to heaven. Well, he uh-huh. mentions doing like a harrowing of hell, right? Mm-hmm. That's when he went to get Sam. Yeah. Yeah. I went to Harrow Hell Harrow Hell is a free Sam from Lucifer's Cage. And it's like he did that, but it was one person and he did it wrong. But it's like, mm-hmm. and then he comes back to heaven with all these souls in a way that made him seem like he was Jesus. Uh, like he was a warrior mm-hmm. conquering hell and like saving people. For those who don't know, uh, there's a common um, apocryphal event. Uh, there's a lot of apocryphal events. Re what happened to what Jesus was up to for the three days he was dead, um, and a particularly common one that you can find lots of like uh, medieval and Renaissance art of was a, the harrowing of hell, where it was presumed that because uh, Jesus's sacrifice was retroactive, he saved all the people who also were already dead who were faithful. Um, and so went to hell and pulled them all out and brought them to heaven. So it was an intentional Jesus uh, mirror. Yes. The harrowing of hell was where Jesus stole all the patriarchs. <laughs> like, okay, so all the you know the figures from the Old Testament who couldn't be in heaven yeah. because they weren't Christians, now they're in heaven mm-hmm. anyway because mm-hmm. they would have been Christians if they had known about Jesus who wasn't born yet. Um, I have negative feelings about the harrowing of hell yep. as somebody that is extremely who doesn't fair. like Jesus, but um, that is, yeah, that was fair. the most annoying part of reading Inferno. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> Those are our characters. What are you talking about? <laughs> you can't steal my grandfather. Put them what back. What are you doing? <laughs> anyway. Put that thing back where it came from. Oh, speaking of nope. stealing grandfathers, um, 
Cass refuses to let Dean get involved, and Crowley's like, all right, fine, I'll bring Samuel back to life to replace him, which is mm-hmm. a really funny explanation. It is. It's it's so funny. Uh-huh. Which, I mean, I guess that explains how they, like, how that whole thing came together. Also really funny that um, they assumed at the start of season six that, like, okay, fine, Sam came back from hell, Samuel came back from heaven. Turns out Samuel wasn't in heaven, I guess. <laughs> oh my god, you're so right. Oh. Because Crowley wouldn't have the power to pull Samuel down. Cass would have to do that. I mean, I Wait. guess you could say, like, Ca- Crowley might have told Cass, like, hey. No, he said I he can pull know. him off the bench. Oh. Hunters go to hell. Fascinating. Fascinating. He didn't even, like, him. sell his soul Fuck or anything. Samuel. He just straight up went to hell because he sucks. Uh-huh. Cringe. <laughs> he didn't even go to hell for a cool reason. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> the implications, man. Uh, so Cass goes back to heaven um, and kicks Raphael's ass. Um, and here, I guess, is where a bunch of the angels do decide to go with him. But it's still not enough, like it's not that he just wins. Mm-hmm. It's he has the power to fight yeah. now. Mm-hmm. He gets the element of surprise rather than martyr himself. But yeah, he has a fighting chance. And this is what he's up he to made all a, season. A show. Uh huh. Um, and then Cass comes back talk to them um and oh he just falls right into their trap because mm-hmm. he trusts them it's so tragic no. mm-hmm. and uh boom holy fire he's panicked immediately it's he's like, you let me this out. is bobby yeah you know who spies on people cast spies, spies. spies. <laughs> oh, i just noticed that the transcript only uses one s for cast of course, course it, it does. does. Made by fans, not the officials. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, we set the we not to go on another side thing, but the fandom really set the the tune for the way that they interact with uh the canon now by doing that. That was their act of rebellion. <laughs> uh huh. We had doubts. We disobeyed. <laughs> <laughs> the plan. And yeah. So so regarding. Lessons. Regarding what was said earlier, so first of all, Cass tries to lie, he does it so badly, he's like, okay, just wait, I don't even know what you mean. Sam's like, what about this demon crap crap hole? How is it so, uh, next to godliness clean in here? Which is really funny. And how did Crowley trick you with the wrong bones? It's hard to understand, it's hard to explain, just let me go. And he's like, look at me, look me in the eye and tell me you're not working with Crowley. And he can't do it. He cannot do it, he can't do it. It's like this long pause, even... and it's so painful. Yeah. Uh... It's delectable. He's like, I did it to protect you. All of you. Yeah, he says, you, all of you. Yeah. He's like, crap, I'm showing my ass here. He says, we have to, <laughs> we have to, you have to trust me. And Sam's like, how are we supposed to trust you now? And then he says, I'm still me. I'm still your friend, Sam. I'm the one who raised you from perdition. Yeah. But Didn't unlike the died, Dean. Though. It doesn't work so well the yeah, second time. Yeah, yeah. He said the line, but also it's it's like on, in such a different context. And, yeah, I really love that he says the exact same line that. here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, did you do it? Did you bring me back soulless on purpose? Yeah, completely the wrong. I'm thinking a lot of things right now. You should have told him that ages ago. Yep. Yep. Now it's just another secret you've been keeping from them, and now that he can't trust you, he can ask you horrible things like. Did, why would you do this to me? And he didn't mean to. 
And Cass is, like, offended that he would even ask that, but that means that he didn't say no. Instead, he said, how could you think that of me? Which isn't a no, and the Winchesters no. are used to picking up on things that aren't no's. Huh. So good. Mm-hmm. And Dean's like, uh. Dean's like, why else? Uh, it's not complicated. Why else would you have kept this whole thing a secret unless you knew that it was wrong? When crap like this comes around, we deal with it like we always have. What we don't do is go and make another deal with the devil. Dean, you're one to talk. All you guys do is make deals with devils, but all right. You were working for Crowley most of the season. Yep. And Cass says, it sounds so simple when you say it like that. Where were you when I needed to hear it? Dean says, I was there. Where were you? Yeah. One of the (laughs) lines. And then the demons come and rescue him. Yeah. I assume this is Crowley coming to attack the Winchesters, but the Winchesters get out first. Yeah, like, I thought this was Raphael coming, but cast... it was a cloud of demon smoke. Yeah, but that's isn't that so good? That's what's so good about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you hear the thunder, and every time Raphael shows up, it starts thundering and lightninging. But it's not Raphael coming oh, to attack; sorry. it's Crowley coming to help, which is so messed up and so delicious. And uh, on their way out, um, Dean and Sam and Bobby are all. <sighs> and Dean pauses and looks back with the saddest fucking look on his face. His little Orpheus turn. That's his friend. Mm. Uh, the Orpheus turn. The Orpheus shot. The Orpheus. Also, shot. another really funny uh-huh. example of um, Dustiel having a moment while Sam fights for his life in the background, because <laughs> in the back of the Orpheus <laughs> shot is like fucking blurry Sam running for it. <laughs> Diversity win. It's so funny. Like, this is not even the Sam show anymore. It's literally the, the cast episode and therefore the Dusty L show. Um, because if this were the, the Sam show, we would be seeing Sam running away. But we don't. We see Dean looking at Cass. Mm-hmm. The, the emotional weight of the betrayal is what is important. If this were the Sam show, Sam would, be, would have the, the relationship with Cass that Dean does. Um, oh, I yeah. missed it. There was a bit here where Cass says, um, I had no choice. And Dean says, you had a choice. You just made the wrong one. That's exactly what he's been scared of. Mm. Owie. Dean says, we can fix this. Cass says, it's not broken. He's doing this on purpose. You just don't trust him to know what he's doing. And he is over in, in over his head. But that's because you weren't there. Because he didn't ask you. Because he cares about you. God, it's such a mess. It's It's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crowley saying the new god, the new devil working together. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. The way it's so interesting because Lucifer wasn't even in charge of hell. No. Half the demons didn't even know he existed. Yep. Well, most of the demons didn't know he existed. Half of them didn't believe in yeah. him. But now is the king of like it, it makes me wonder if like the well actually no, I know the answer because I have a retrospective. Um <laughs> It, it's it's interesting um, because it's like who was the king of hell before Crowley? Maybe he invented the title. I don't think there yeah. was one. I think it was a bunch of like squabbling demon factions. Mm-hmm. Now he centralized that power. Nope. I'll have to. We'll have to revisit this in checks. Watch uh, six seasons. Oh, <laughs> and then this final conversation. Yes. Um. Crowley refers to Sam and Dean's artfully tussled heads, which is really funny. Uh huh. He said, "Pretty boys." So true. He calls the magazine uh-huh. models earlier in the episode. Teen beat models. It's true. Yeah. Castiel 
Oh, I Cass. Sorry, I was reading the transcript, so I used his full name. Uh, Cass like gets all up in Crowley's face and says, "Stop talking and get out of my sight." Oh, mwah. I love it yeah. when he's scary. He hates that he has to be dealing with Crowley. He doesn't want to be dealing with Crowley, and now yep. because he's dealing with Crowley, Dean is mad at him, and he wanted to be yep. working with Dean in the first mm -hmm. place. He's having a really bad time. Could someone hug having him, please? A bad time. Someone. He just hug. lost all his friends, and he still has to fight Raphael. He has an assignment mm -hmm. due Tuesday, guys. Literally so true. His tummy hurts. <laughs> There's something very clever here in terms of the moral framing of Castiel doing this. Because the because the show has already set up that monsters are evil and don't matter. And so Crowley torturing them for information isn't that bad. Castiel is helping Crowley, but he's not doing things that are that bad. He's not torturing humans. <laughs> it's diabolical. Mm-hmm. And so we can have, and so we can be having this conversation and be like, oh, our poor little Meow Meow Castiel. He hasn't yeah. really done anything that wrong except He's for the social. He's helping and trying to get power, but it's because otherwise Raphael will have the power and then yeah. Raphael will do bad things because with the that apocalypse. Power. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Castiel has never done anything wrong in his life except for the atrocities which were justified. <laughs> But they were yeah, morally justified by the ethics of the universe. It's hard not to be the main character. <laughs> Especially when you've never had to make choices ever before. What are you how on earth is he supposed to know yep. what to do? I can barely make choices my like myself, and I've been a person my whole yeah, life. Yeah, exactly. I can't decide what to have for dinner half the time. And now his friends are, are upset with him, so he can't even yep. ask them for help anymore. <laughs> I was literally shut down all day yesterday because I thought my friends were mad at me. Like <laughs> I would not be doing half as well as Cass right now. Ooh. It's okay, I was just hungry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this I was literally so miserable and then I ate food and I was like, oh, I feel uh -huh. better. Fuck! I did it again! Maybe Cass should have just had a, a little snack. Maybe he wouldn't have felt better. He just needs a snack. He needs to eat 50 hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> and a packet of raw meat. Alright, so this final conversation, Bobby Angel proofs the house, and then Cass shows up, he's like, sorry, you did it wrong. But he it's shows so up to talk funny. to his best. Okay, you know what, what You know what just happened here? Dean got a restraining order out on him, and Cass came to see him anyway. Uh-huh. He says, it sucks that we have to angel proof in the first place, doesn't it? Don't be mean to him. You don't have to angel proof. He's not a threat to you. It's like, I want you to understand. I'm doing this for you, Dean. I'm doing this because of you. Because Dean's like, yeah, you're going to be you. kidding me. You're the one that taught me freedom and free will. And Dean cuts him off. You're a freaking child, you know? That just because you can do what you want doesn't mean you get to do whatever you want. Which is interesting because he does seem to have a pretty, like, I don't support calling Cass a child. But he does have, like, a child's view of morality. Like, it does mm -hmm. seem too straightforward to Cass because he's not used to thinking about having choices. Yep. Mm -hmm. That being said, being mean to Cass is always the wrong choice. Stop that. So true. Death penalty. Uh, we get a line I'm sure the two of you don't like, but I thought that was sweet as someone, again, who hasn't been fully uh, Destiel pilled. I mean, I like the <laughs> ship, but... Uh, he's like, next to Sam, you and Bobby are the closest things I have to family, that you are like a brother to me. So if I'm asking you not to do something, you've got to trust me, man. I actually really do like this line, but not okay, for the same reasons. Good. Me too. Um, I think 
I think I've already discussed on this podcast, like my thoughts on Dean saying you're like a brother to me, um, where it's like, that's the closest compliment he can give to a man. Like that is mm-hmm. the closest that you can mm-hmm. get, um, without edging into homosexuality. Um, mm-hmm. and also I think that this line works really well for what the episode is doing, which is that Cass yes. is convinced that Dean is never going to love him back. If Dean said, please don't do it. I love you. And like tried to kiss him or whatever, like yes. made it clear that there was an option there. Cass would immediately have dropped everything and been like, okay, let's do what your plan. I don't care. Like, this is worth it, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But he didn't say that. He said, you're like a brother to me. And Cass is like, okay, well, now I can never, now that I know, brother zoned. now that I know I've been brother zoned, I can uh-huh. abandon all hope of Dean and just do things anyway, because like, I don't need to keep chasing Dean because it's, it's impossible. Yeah. It, it will suck to lose him as a friend, but... It was never going to work anyway. Like, you know, this, like, it's really good yeah. for, for Cass continuing his path anyway. It, yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, a retroactive viewing, knowing that yeah. Cass is canonical. Yep, yeah, it is canonical. Oh my god, guys, he said, he said it words. out loud on screen. Um, he was gay, for real. It is really sweet that Dean says this, though. He thinks yeah. he Cass is his family. Yeah. He's trying so hard to convince. Like Cass that's is at the, the thing same I'm, level that's as the Bobby. thing I'm weak to. <laughs> that's the thing I'm sensitive about. Family. It's the found family of it yeah, all. Yeah, watching watching Owl House, my partner teasing me, like bit nearly crying over Hunter, being like, "People care about me." Like that's the thing I'm sensitive about. <laughs> yeah. Found family. Dean is trying so hard, and he has no idea that he's making it worse because Cass is gay. Yeah. So true. Um, retro so again, retroactively. <laughs> yeah, I think that there is definitely like Bedlin knew what he was doing when he wrote this episode as an affair. Like, even if he didn't mm-hmm. know that Cass was going to become yeah. canonically gay, like that is the subtext of this episode. It's true. It's, it's been true. There. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. It's true. You're super right. Ah. Um, Bedlin, show us your heller. Uh, <laughs> That's this episode. Were you not paying attention? <laughs> <laughs> Show us the director's cut, Bedlin. I'm just, I, I am also just trying to provide a alternative, like, yeah, no, I non amata normative reading of being like, you can have, you can have a equivalent to a like, quote unquote, affair style like romantic falling out between like dear friends. It's like true. in it's narratives. True. Fuck amata normativity. But yes. also, like, we could ship them. It's great. Like, <laughs> yeah, I can yeah, hold exactly. two things in my hands at once. <laughs> They're called lenses. You yeah. can take them off. Um, There's a lot of pent up. <sighs> and anyway, speaking uh, of drama, rage. Um, he's like, you got to <sighs> trust me, man. And Castile says, or what? And Dean says, or I'll have to do what I have to do to stop you. And Cass says, you can't, Dean. You're just a man. I'm an angel. Exactly. See, this is where I'm saying, uh-huh. like, this is where Cass accepts, supposedly, that, like, it's not well, going to work. He's like, okay, it was never going to work. I'm shutting this down. So my reading of him saying There's this... There's no hope for him. My reading of him saying this is he's kind of sad that Dean isn't strong enough to stop him. Exactly. Because Dean could have stopped him. Oh, yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, sure. That's... Yeah. Uh... And Cass uh, doesn't want to yeah. do this all by himself. Two Whether or not you take the Destiel lens, as I obviously am, like, he doesn't want to do this by himself. He doesn't want to do this at all. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to be the one doing it. Yep. Yeah, he, he, says, I'm sorry. he wants so badly 
Yeah, he wants so badly to know he's doing the right thing, but... Yeah, and he likes taking his cues when, from others. When Dean comes along... And from the Winchesters specifically, because those are his friends and he trusts them. But he is convinced in this case that he is doing the right thing, and it sucks that they're not going to support him in that. But if he has to do it by himself, mm -hmm. then he's convinced... He's he's determined to have the willpower to do it by himself, but it's going to suck. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what leads... That's what leads him to have this monologue on the bench, is Dean has put has made Cass doubt himself um, severely. So that's why he's asking for a sign, because he wants to make sure that he hasn't just sacrificed his friendship with the Winchesters to do something terrible. Yeah. Yep. Uh. And then they apologize to each other, and off he goes. And then we get back to the beginning of the episode. Um, of like, mm -hmm. it turns out he's been talking to God. So, so that's everything. I believe it's what you would call a tragedy from the human perspective, but maybe the human perspective is limited. I don't know. That's why I'm asking you, Father, one last time. Am I doing the right thing? Uh, going back to the end, like, yeah, uh-huh. He can't... The, yeah, freedom, the reveal he, at he the can't. end that he's been talking to God, so good. Yeah. Am I on the right path? Mm -hmm. You have to tell me. You have to give me a sign. Give me a sign, because if you don't, I'm just gonna... I'm gonna, just, I'm gonna do whatever I, whatever I must. God, the way he stumbles over his yep. words at the end mm -hmm. of that. Uh, and he says, me. whatever I must. Mm -hmm. Not what I think is right. Because he doesn't think it's right. But he also feels as if he has to. Because it's mm -hmm. all he can think. Because like it will achieve results. Whereas what's right, he doesn't think will. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is, a, this is a great episode. Extremely thematically rich. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like the question mm -hmm. of having a choice is so like consistent throughout and he doesn't feel like he does have a choice he has the choice to stop but he doesn't think he can do that because but he that has choice. to stop Raphael, right because he has to stop the apocalypse mm -hmm. so like it's it's this really good domino chain of like he doesn't think he has a choice mm -hmm. and at this point at least it's too thing. late to make any other choice yeah it's too late to turn back i mean it's not really but Cass thinks so, because Cass can just get rid of Crowley and stop everything in mm -hmm. its tracks, because Cass has the power, but he, he doesn't have the willpower to do it. Because if he stops this plan, he has to go back to theorizing and try and figure out a plan, all the while Raphael is, is gaining power and getting ready to take Michael and Lucifer out of the cage. Yep. It's a mess, and now he's doing it all by himself. Mm -hmm. Well, with Crowley, but that's worse you might as well yeah that's worse together derogatory <laughs> god i love how much they hate each other all right is that a wrap that's all i have I my last so. note is just oh, an all caps yep all right ellsworth was played by john tench who was also max in stone protectors general door in earthsea <laughs> earthsea uh, Winston <laughs> in Intelligence, Raymond T-Bone Raymond Kenny in Watch Dogs 1 and 2, Lucian in Darken Before the Dark. What the fuck is that? <laughs> That's what a stupid name. What? Excuse me? Uh, okay, I'm just gonna read this IMDb synopsis. 
In the digital series, Darken is a realm of endless rooms where its citizens live in peaceful harmony over the, under the watchful eye of Mother Darken, their altruistic overseer. Those in Darken are survivors of trauma and have been brought into this world to forget everything and everyone they know from their painful previous life in our world. What happens when people start remembering? What happens when someone sees themselves as more powerful than Mother? Will Darken be divided? Right. That sounds like it sucks. Oh, I see. It appears to have been a horror movie, a very bad horror movie. Its score on IMDb, IMDb is 4.2 out of 10. And then they made a <laughs> TV show series that's like a either a prequel or a sequel? Probably a prequel with that title. Wild. And what's what's that show's uh, IMDb score? Uh, 6.2 out of 10, so it's better, but also it has less ratings because less people have seen it. Mm, fair. Wild. Wild. Um... <laughs> I love learning about bizarre, like, obscure, bad TV shows by doing this. Right. Uh, he's also Dutch Roosevelt in Far Cry 5, Hubert de Lillibon in Assassin's Creed um, Valhalla? That doesn't sound like a Viking name. I guess he's French. There's French people in that game. Pythagoras in Assassin's <laughs> Creed Odyssey, and Alexander Graham Bell in Murdoch Mysteries. And that's it. Okay. Next week we have the finale. Mm-hmm. Next week. Yeah. Yeehaw. Episode 21, Let It Bleed, followed by episode 22, The Man Who Knew Too Much. I forgot that next <sighs> week is the finale, man. Yep. Well, uh... I can't remember if the finale to this season is any good. Um, I don't remember. I've only seen it once, and it was <laughs> too recently for me to have forgotten, but I did. <laughs> All right. Like, I know, I know some things world. that happen in it, but I don't remember if it was quote-unquote good okay well join us for that big Um, fan of we'll find out big news for fans of consequences and also castiel i am a fan of consequences when will you learn when will you learn all right then stay tuned um in the in the meantime we're gonna be asking god if we're making the right choices yeah sitting on a bench in the snow wondering if our friends hate on a bench Music used on Word of Godcast is The Last Ones by Jazar on freemusicarchive.org. Licensed under an attribution share alike 3.0 international license. Find a link in the episode description. Yeah.